episode 228 of the F Reality Podcast. It would be rude of me not to acknowledge that the first half of 2023 is over. And today, it's Canada Day. Happy Canada Day, everybody! Hey, happy Canada Day to you Canadians and former Canadians and... <laughs> everyone is those, moving around crazy. Those, those who may be applying for permanent residency soon. Yes, all of us. Um... Well, to celebrate, I'm sitting in a pool of warm maple syrup, and we're ready to light up this newsroom once again. Here's what's coming at you today on the podcast. Press a button, make a game. Adult toys to pair with your Apple Vision Pro. What's a broken leg look like in VR? MTV's Celebrity Deathmatch returns by pitting a blubbery walrus versus a slithering reptilian alien. And finally, Jose is here with releases. Uh, to bring you news of game sales, to resuscitate your wallet, and keep you in remission from having to cope with real-life trauma. Foot de Dominion in French is Canada Day. It's actually a federal statutory holiday, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about it. It celebrates the anniversary of Canadian Conf Confederation, which occurred quite a long time ago, actually, uh, on July 1st, 1867. Uh, and the coolest thing that happened there, I didn't know this before today, it was the passing of the British North American Act when the three separate colonies got fused together to form Canada by the British Empire, right? And the three were Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and United Canadas. We could have been United <laughs> Canadas up here, right? It could have been the United States and United Canadas. How about that? Cute. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd uh, share that little kernel with everyone at the start of today's show. With that as well, recently, after some uprising in France, uh, the French president has blamed riots on the intoxicated youth who have been poisoned by video games. So with that, I think that's an appropriate segue to zipline us into an intro with the intoxicated youth we call the F-Reality crew. Up late at night. This horny horticulturalist can be found browsing planthub.com and stroking his long, bristly beard while musing, at, musing about uh, large language models. Aside from being a plant purist, uh, he is known for his addictions to gaming classics such as Age of Empires, the VR FPS Pavlov, and most recently doing the dirty deed with El Diablo. Grab your oars and row, row, row your boat to Canadian Freedom Kids. It's Mr. Rowdy. Hey, Rowdy. Oh, I was surprised. I, th I thought it was going to be Jose, but uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was yeah, maybe maybe to the letter me. Yeah, indeed. Uh, great description. That's that's me in a nutshell. Uh, I've been I've been uh, as some of you might notice, I've been traveling a little bit. Uh, currently in a hotel room, so uh, it's been uh, it's been quite the eventful week since I unfortunately lost my laptop. Uh, I had to shared this a bit earlier that it kind of died uh, apparently it didn't survive uh, the careful packing that i did um roughly a week ago um yeah w wasn't a great idea but that does mean that even worse even even worse oh, no. i have now been forced to join the infamous cult the walled garden uh -oh. <laughs> the garden of eden uh and i bit into the apple <laughs> um, which means which means that I'm now officially uh, an owner of an Apple product, which um, I'm not too pleased about. <laughs> well no that's, 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 it. that's not that's not true. I'm very pleased about uh, my purchase. Uh, it's a great laptop. 
I own now a MacBook Pro. Uh, my main reason for buying this was just because it's such a common thing in my work field. Um, and I recently was at, a, at an event and there were like people sharing stuff and they were like, oh, let me just airdrop it to you. And I was like, dude, no, I, I, I use Linux. There's no, there's no such, such thing as like airdropping something to me, send it to me in an email. And the, the thing is that in my field, like it, at least it seems like it, but like 85% mm. of people have have an iPhone, have a MacBook, um, and everything is so integrated into that. And that's something that, you know, Apple has done really well is, or it's hard to say that well is, but like, you know, keep everyone out of that garden and make it very nice inside of that garden, um, which I think is... is is admirable from a business perspective, but from a, from a consumer perspective, of course, it's a little bit it's a lovely uh, cult. more difficult. It really is. Yeah, it's a great cult. It's really fun to be in there. Like it's uh, everything is more expensive, but everything works really well. Um, so yeah, that is my my experience with. Uh, I can't believe it. With my first, well, I mean, it's not my first MacBook because I had one for work, like roughly, I think. Six, seven years ago yeah uh, but it has improved a lot since then so, so yeah. i know you mentioned this like i think it was the last podcast we were talking about uh vision pro and stuff but um did you get one of the new devices like i know they launched a new size laptop yeah. did you yeah, go so, for that one yeah well I, again like the way that apple works is they work with tier systems right yeah. so it's every, every time it's like oh, spend a little <laughs> it's got it's tier. A, lot, a lot of tears when i'm spending <laughs> that money yeah it's um it's uh every time they you know you have your your base model and then you yeah. spend just spend two dollars two hundred dollars more and you get like this upgrade you spend two hundred dollars more oh, on gosh. that and you get that upgrade yeah yeah so yeah. ultimately I went I, I mean I wanted a laptop that was portable mm. uh, had a long battery life and I have to say that's that's probably the thing that I'm surprised about the most is just the uh, the battery life of this of this of this thing um, and originally I said I want a laptop that is as mobile as possible lightweight and I can just you know use and then lock into my workstation uh, at home and just use it like that of course what I didn't count on was my workstation you know not being available at the moment yeah. <laughs> because I'm traveling uh, and uh, I, I didn't leave it on for the entire period uh, which makes everything a little bit more complicated uh, and I wanted to just like you know work off the, the fairly beasty laptop that I that I had with the RTX the Nvidia card um, so originally I wanted to get the 15 inch a MacBook Air yeah. because it's I think it's an ideal form factor. It's a fairly big screen, it's comfortable to work on, very lightweight. Um, but since I I kind of need a little bit more power, a little bit more RAM, a little bit more speed, um, considering the work that I do, I eventually went for the 14 inch uh, MacBook Pro, um, which I have to say it's it's really small. Um, I'm surprised by the size of it uh, and that the screen is still a 14 inch. Um, and I'm actually very pleased with it. Like it's a, it's a very, it's a great laptop. Uh, I can go an entire day with it so without charging it, doing all of my work pretty much. Nuts. Um, which is, yeah, which is crazy. Coming from a, a laptop, of course, again, it's different because it's an Nvidia card that is in there, which just soaks up power. Um, and this is just the M2 silicon processor, which is, again, very, very good. Um, everything on this laptop feels uh, high quality uh, for sure. Dude. So it's it's fast. Break, break, breaking my heart, breaking my heart. We had a purest yeah, Android only <laughs> well, that, club. That's going. the problem, right? Because once you own one product, you can't say like, okay, and now I'm gonna stick with my Android phone, or I'm gonna stick with 
because eventually, you know, I'm not thinking about, I'm again, like, I'm, I don't want to jinx it now again, because I was raving about the products like two weeks ago, and my laptop broke. <laughs> my, my, my wife has been saying, and I've been manifesting it. Like I threw my laptop, I probably get a, getting a visit from the, from the tax office one day to see like, you know, if I didn't break the laptop on purpose. Um, but uh, I'm very pleased though with my phone. I don't want it to break at this point. But <laughs> He's saying it don't so it happens. It. Oh, He's no. saying it so it happens. I don't want it to. I don't want it to happen. Um, no, no. But yeah, once you own one Apple product, it makes so much more sense to own the next Apple product as well. Oh, and eventually, man. you're completely sucked into that <laughs> that system, living living happily ever after in that in that beautiful garden. Uh, spending tons of money on on the newest gadgets. I'm worried though. Uh, things on this podcast tend to spread like wildfire. Like you're the first okay. little Indian who just you know gone. And who's going to be next? Probably Jose, right? Like probably Jose. Probably. He's gonna I, be next. Probably. I, I actually am yeah. deep into the Apple ecosystem. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> oh. I actually I I do both. I I definitely do like the 14 and the Apple Watch. So. I'm sorry, yeah. I've been in. I've been yeah. in. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. That was Just, one of the first uh, questions when Jose nail, and I that, were first, you know, going to replace uh, Mike and Nathy. He's like, okay, what kind of phones do you use? <laughs> that was like one of the first <laughs> questions. <laughs> we're supposed to phones. Tell them. I think it was me who was asking Adam, that. I don't remember who it was. Tell them the someone. truth at that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. The, but the thing hey, is, it's important. Like, you know, it's important. Do you have a microphone? <laughs> What type of phone do you use? You know, these are important vetting questions when you go exactly. through the interview. So, But the thing is, in Europe, like, it's so common to have an Android device. But I do feel mm. like since I've been in North America, I mean, just mm. everyone has iPhone. Everyone has Apple products. Um, yeah. I'm just so glad to be free of it, to be honest. Having been, I, I've been through that. Like, I had the watch. I had the iPad. I had the phone. Like Me to, too, by the way. To I, I, I know. This is my second phase. To divest yourself from that completely feels great you don't feel like something owns you and I, I still just got an email today they're like your iCloud is full I'm like I don't fucking care Back <laughs> off. like I'm done with you until next year and then I'm gonna start regretting it I'm sure so uh yeah you're gonna get to watch the little the little counter we're gonna have a counter on the wall right so I guess you're still in that camp so we're back to two and two then and am I slowly holding out the uh the android camp good hey, hey, I still have a, I still well for at least hopefully two weeks <laughs> Then you like I might as well get an iPhone takes. since this phone's broken now. It's the Apple curse. Every all of your Android Windows products suddenly mysteriously <laughs> get broken. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a service you can subscribe to for that. Anyway, all right. Next up, next up, the swimming test. This podcast is purely educational this time. The swimming <laughs> test. Did you know that back in the 16th and 17th century, possible witches like Adam Bombadi. Here, were, were dragged to the nearest body of water, stripped to their undergarments, bound and tossed into sea if they would sink or float. Yes, it was thought that the water would reject their witch body and prevent them from submerging. According to this logic, an innocent person, like me, would sink like a stone, whereas a witch, like Adam, would bob to the surface. So it wasn't unusual for accidental drowning deaths to occur during the swimming test. I just find history to be so fascinating. Anyway, Adam, how are you? Uh, how, do you how do you respond after that? His, his I, question I'm alive? is basically, what kind of phone do you own and do you float? <laughs> do you float? Well, be proven very quickly that I am not a witch because I'm actually not a strong swimmer. So I just be like, help. <laughs> it's not working. Please. But um, 
on let me think on the VR side, um, mostly just been haven't been playing too many games, but I have been participating in a fitness challenge lately. It's a oh, yeah. it's a five week fitness challenge in VR workout, which is an interesting uh, fitness game. This one uses not only hand markers but also head head targets, so it allows it you to VR workout. It's just oh, it's VR just called workout. VR workout. Yeah, all oh, right, <laughs> and. Uh, so it, what's interesting about this one is it allows you to do sort of more push-up positions, burpees, because what it does is um, it'll say <laughs> it'll rotate between maybe like squats, standing and uh, push-ups. So it'll be like push-up position. It'll give you like a couple seconds yeah. to get down a push-up position and you'll get a like a head marker that's lower. So what you have to do is you have to your head oh. has to hit that head marker and that's how it knows you're actually kind of in the push-up position. And for huh. burpees, same thing. Like, so it's like down, you got your head marker has to touch that triangle and then it gives you a couple seconds to stand. And then the next head marker is up where you have, you have the only way to touch it is if you were to jump basically, because it's determined right, by I, your, your height. I got to ask, I got to ask yeah, yeah, yeah. what I know now what a Christmas special is. What the hell is a burpee? What is that? A burpee is when you do a push up and then you do a jump immediately after. So you're do push up and then a jump with your arms up. Zim has clearly never been to a workout gym. Yeah. Wait, what was he Twice. doing last time? First, first it was something else. Now it's burpees. I was pretty sure burpees were pretty common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know what burpees are. Military, sure. you know, military does them all the time, but they're also. I know what guys. it is, but I never knew the name. So. Oh, okay. yeah, of course sure. you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so they have uh, push-ups, burpees, um, just like running in place. Uh, standing exercises where you just kind of you know, move your hands around or you kind of move in the space. Um, and it combines VR with um, pass-through. So if you you mm. can basically see the VR environment, but there's like a circle on the floor around you so you can make sure you're not going to be stepping on stuff because it takes up a, a decent amount of space if you're going to be doing, you know, jumping and burpees and whatnot. So yeah, anyway, it's, how, it's interesting. how is that with that headset? Like, are you using Index then for this? or No, I'm using the Quest 2. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. And and no cable or no cable? No. Not okay. With, okay. Not with jumping or burpees. Well, that's why I was curious because it sounds like something where you could really, you know, get yourself tied up or even the weight of the headset is kind of a lot. So, you using an elite strap with that then while you're doing? Uh, I mean, or not the, the brand name elite strap, but yeah, like a like no. a charger strap. A more com not not the cloth strap. I probably wouldn't recommend it for that. Even doing normal stuff, that thing would just slip off my head like nothing. But, um, and you haven't questioned your existence or anything at this point? Because five weeks of this sounds like a lot. I, I did finally take, uh, so we're in about a week and a couple days. And I did take yesterday off because I was like, I, I've been doing it every single day. And I think I'm like, wow. I, I, I haven't been keeping track of the weekly leaderboards because it's by the end of the five weeks that number one gets a Quest Pro. So I'm like, I only care about the totals. The total leaderboard. I'm so. I think currently I'm in like third place, and I'm like, okay, I still have like four weeks <laughs> out of Damn. out of eleven, ten or eleven or something like that. I think. So not not Zim to encourage like crying sweat. <laughs> not to encourage cheating here, but what prevents you from just passing, like charging your headset and passing it to somebody else, or a whole room of army dudes who just like you know burp well, away. Luckily, it's it's uh, controlled to a group of, of content creators. So I feel like oh, okay. if there was one who was cheating, you know, we're going to we're going to get on their ass about it. <laughs> so it's not like a, not randoms. Exactly. 
but uh, just content creators. Like, for, so You're just so lucky that we're not in there. <laughs> yeah, I fucking cheat the hell out of that thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but no, I do think that five weeks of that is a lot. So, uh, hey, by the end of it, you'll be able to, you know, join the army or something. That's good. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, God. And that's Jetta's your highlight for this week? Jesus. Really? Yeah. I also wow. want to apologize in advance because uh, since Rowdy's out, I'm the one that's sort of doing the broadcasty stuff, and it's scary. <laughs> so things might. Oh, you're doing, mess you're up. doing fine. You're doing, you'll be fine. You'll be We're fine. only no like worries, no worries. like half an hour in, so Ch- hold on. <laughs> it's still time. Ch- Chad is saying, by the way, Zim, that you should put burpees on the wheel of misfortune. So. Yes. Oh, oh, shoot. Yes. Oh, no. It probably will happen now. I'm surprised Great. you hadn't oh. heard of them. That's a perfect punishment. Makes sense. It is. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, we're not. T- we're going to steer away from the wheel of misfortune. That's not what this is about. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it definitely takes witchcraft to do all the things that Adam has been doing recently. Thumbnails, socials, shorts, and running this fine episode. So thank you, Adam, for being at the helm. Uh, while Rowdy is running around and looking at a beautiful vista behind him. For those of you in the audio (laughs) podcast, it looks like Hawaii behind him. Right. So if if witch hunters struggled to find obvious evidence of witch marks on a suspect's body, you can see I was on a funny website today, um, they might resort to the ghastly practice of pricking uh, as a means to suss out the witchdom. Apparently, witch hunting books and instructional pamphlets, which apparently were a thing back then, noted that the marks were insensitive to pain and couldn't bleed. So examiners used specially designed needles to repeatedly stab and prick at the accused person's flesh until they discovered a spot which would produce the desired results. In other words, no bleeding or whatever. So I must ask with all of that behind us, Jose, what were your whereabouts on the night of June 27th? And with that, Adam, I ask you to pull up Exhibit A. Exhibit A. <laughs> From Twitter. Interesting. You remember no, this? No, no I want to You remember this? Oh, man. I Jose said <clears throat> in a tweet on June 27th, I accidentally leaned into a cactus during a phone call, <laughs> and now my right arm, my right forearm is covered with miniature needles. Lol. It doesn't <laughs> even hurt. Oh. Aha! Not just one. We have two witches in our midst. Got yeah, me. I mean, that's enough proof for me. Yeah, proof. yeah, you got me. You got me, man. Um, <laughs> honestly, that, if, if that's a, if that's definitely a, a, a claim, then I am 100% witch. Yeah, um, I really don't know the turn of events. I've been hustling this last week. I've, I, I definitely, I don't know. The people that live on two coasts in the U.S., I don't know how they do yeah. it, but uh, last week I went from the east to the west, and then back to the east, back to the west. Um, in in Jesus. a span of uh, five days, uh, I went to the Bull Expo in Orlando. That's some networking over there. Uh, and then back here in, in uh, California, we finished up in Arcade. So I kind of been just all over the place mentally and just just crazy logistics that to the point that I was having a, a very big phone call. And it was like an hour and 45 minute call. And the entire time, I was just elated because of the news, just getting all these updates, like, Jose, we finished the arcade, and this is happening, to, to the point that I realized that I was leaning onto a cactus that we have in the backyard, <laughs> and amazing. my entire right arm was just covered in just needles, just miniature needles, and, you know, Fortune was able to, like, you know, take off the larger ones, but the tiniest ones, there was nothing I could do, so I was trying to be creative, like, grabbing, like, duct tape and, like, 
just like making like amateur wax. <laughs> just try to rip them all off. Wax strips to try yeah. to get them out. Because you <laughs> the, the teeny tiny baby needles and they're just in there, they're right? They're in like there. It's, uh... Yeah, I still have a few of them and it's just like Ow. really itchy, but it is what it is, man. I'm, I'm, I'm that... very, I, I'm happier than the pain. So I guess there's there's something there. Maybe that's the, the, the key to being a witch. Safe to leave those in there <laughs> like that? Or, I mean, yeah, just do, I little... Guess? I, 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 I found out, I guess, the body eventually will just push them out because they're so tiny. So I'm just... Okay. Yeah, or a new cactus will start growing. Or, out ca yeah, or a cactus. <laughs> if I start Whoa, that sounds like a cool sci-fi film. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that like sci-fi horror film where, where cacti impregnate your arm and then you know an <laughs> army of cacti come out of your arm but no like it's nature's uh, acupuncturist right yes Jose, so. yeah you know funny i enough. imagined like a teeny tiny little cactus <laughs> not like a proper size out the back jeez leaning no, into a was, cactus yeah but. no my my one of my my uh co-workers said that uh i'm gonna end up becoming the lamest wolverine variant which is just <laughs> have, like, little tiny claws in my arms <laughs> so I, i've been i've been uh hopefully looking forward to that so yeah well your your cactus your, your, your pictures your cactus man your, your pictures and your excitement from the new arcade launching yes. has been really cool i saw one where it was like how do i describe it it's like pong with wall climbing yes um, oh yes yes, yes, yes. in an, like an augmented experience type of thing it looked really neat uh so two players being able to do wall climbing you, kind of simon says you have to climb where it tells yeah. you to climb and at the same time Valid you've got a ball motion. bouncing back and forth so yeah, yeah. That so would the have been arcade, my pick of the yeah, the arcade's called the Broken Controller VR Experience. It's in Fresno, California. We just actually soft launching this week um, coming up. So they're they're ready to to hit the ground running. We have omnidirectional treadmills. A lot of people kind of picked up the inspiration, which is the Ready Player One LOI <laughs> board, which is exactly what they were envisioning. We have the augmented reality rock wall that you mentioned by Valo, uh, Valo Motion, which has multiple games. They actually have a Pong variant. They have a alien uh, Space Invaders kind of one where you have like all these aliens you have to climb up and hit the rockets as they fly up. It's a lot of cool uh, stuff that, that they have uh, in the works over there. We're very proud of it. And yeah, the, um, I'll have definitely more details probably next podcast of a grand opening event. That way we're going to have a lot of content creators and Definitely show the world what real next-gen VR looks like, right? Because we talk about that in podcasts all the time, and it's always overseas. So definitely uh, bringing them into the U.S. is a really, really big goal for mine and my team. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, looks, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. It looks like a massive space that you've got as well. So yeah. um, look forward to see more uh, shots and video and stuff from you on that. Well, congratulations. Uh, does that count as your your highlight of the week? And I mean, oh, yeah. bouncing back and forth between coasts is <laughs> yeah. enough to I, I think the cut spikes were my spikes were the highlight, honestly. Like the fact that I'm <laughs> cactus proof is it's definitely something I'm gonna push up to the top of my resume rather than arcade building. So kind of like a personal <laughs> barrier. If someone gets too close to you, that means you know they're yeah. gonna get poked. That means you know you're too close. <laughs> that's that that's like what um i remember learning what toothpicks were originally for like it was for like maidens or whatever who didn't want dudes like assaulting them so they would put them in their teeth as spikes out so if someone tries to kiss you like they'd get Whoa. wooden spiked Whoa. uh things that's what toothpicks originated as i was like damn that's wow. uh both aggressive <laughs> and i'm glad our times have moved on since then you know? <laughs> 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 that's a very interesting way to 
Maybe cactuses should have something they should have done. You know, just skin some cactuses and wear it as armor. That'd be great. Anyway, very good. Well, uh, chat, you guys have been busy as well. I've seen a bunch of people. Jose the Cactur. Um, Jose's superhero origin story has been exposed here. Um, Crash was saying that's it. Put the witch in the barrel and roll him down. So big hill. If he lives, he's wait, a witch. Wait, wait, wait. If he dies, he's not. So we have Adam Witch, Jose Cactus Jose. Man, me Apple Guy, and what are you now, Zim? <laughs> Burpees man! <laughs> Worst superhero ever! Super burpees man doesn't know how to do burpees! What was it? Aggressively what Canadian you... guy. Oh, there you go. Aggressive yes. Canadian. Oh, God. Not aggressive Canadian. All right. Aggressively aggressive. Canadian. Well, if you're going to be aggressively Canadian, you better bloody do it on Canada Day, right? So, um, very good. Well, chat, glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us for the show. Uh, just getting into it now. Uh, my name's Zim, and I am the one who talks too much on this podcast. And, um, my highlight, uh, seeing as I'm surrounded by very weird people, is I might as well share with you a very weird game. Um, I'm gonna I'll, actually have, I'll, I'll do two. Uh, the first one is called the Utility Room, uh, which I played completely in monochrome. It's all in black and white, and it was on the Rift Store. And we were just kind of myself and the audience were like taking a dip in as we do on occasion. And we're like, all right, what kind of weird looking indie games can we get into? So this game is bananas. If you like like David Lynch films and you enjoy VR games like Paper Beast that are quite like experiential in nature, then at only like $8 on Steam, you get two hours of completely nutty, no hand-holding, experiential gameplay. Um, like the dev cautions, and I completely agree, this is a game not for those suffering <coughs> megalophobia which is the anxiety disorder in which case a person experiences intense fear from large objects. The scale in this game is dramatic, planetary size scale. Like, it's really cool. You get dwarfed all over the place. Um, it is primarily a conceptual game. Think of it as a piece of art, right, that you kind of experience. But there are some gameplay elements. Uh, you are hunted in certain parts of the game, so that's really kind of interesting. But it's very much kind of a journey, and it's across this, like, barren, rocky, dangerous world, um, and you're dwarfed as you scale across it. And it's just a—it's like a story with no words, with no HUD, no nothing, right? And they have a really cool movement mechanic where you, like, charge up, like, a, you charge up a leap, and then you throw your arms down, and you launch forward. And it's done in such a way that you really feel in control in the same way that, like, I'm going to equate it to kind of how Gorilla Tag, when you first started moving around in Gorilla Tag, you kind of felt empowered by that. Um, it's a different movement mechanic, but it feels, yeah, like you've got a superpower. Um, and so that combined with this kind of art house powerhouse, it's just like, it was really cool. So if you're looking for something like that, it is on the Rift store. It's on Steam, as I said, for kind of eight bucks. So it's about, I don't know, five quid or something. And um, yeah, that's the utility <coughs> room, which is apparently the room at the edge of the universe. Um but you'll uh, you'll you'll be slack jawed at certain parts in that if you if you decide to take take part. So that's that was the one that I wanted to highlight and kind of put on a pedestal and say that was really cool, but feckin' weird. So watch out, right? Don't don't jump into that if you're not in for some weird stuff. The other one, if you just want to blow off some steam, Jose recommended this on the podcast a little while back. Uh, Break stuff VR on PSVR two. So maybe you're you don't wear wrist straps like me, uh, but I put it to the test anyway with no wrist straps. And Break Stuff VR is really neat. You have a scene, and you get to go to town breaking things, but you have to. It's not like just break stuff. I thought it was going to be this aimless, 
god-awful looking, just terrible game, and I thought I wouldn't like it. I loved it because you have to destroy everything in the scene to a timer, and kind of like in a trial basis when you're like racing or something and you get extra time, every time you break something, you get a little bit added to the clock. And then you have these uh, items in front of you that spawn. So you can get like small things like an apple or a brick or just various bits and pieces. And as you level up, you buy more <clears throat> arsenal. So the more stuff you're breaking, the more stuff you're smacking. And the highlight for me was when I got to a stage, having beaten a couple of levels, where I started to throw, you know, bricks and stuff like that and watermelons and pumpkins at cars. And you, you <laughs> see the frame of the car breaking. You're smashing through the windows. Yes. You're breaking pieces of the car off. Do you guys remember in the Street Fighter days where you had that level where both characters are there and you're like kicking the ass off the car and it's breaking <laughs> it apart? That it's that in VR. <laughs> yep. It fucking is all, so much fun. Like I, th I looked at the game and I was like, the graphics are terrible. I'm not going to enjoy this. I'll be in this five minutes and then I'll peace out. I spent like an hour and a half just smashing stuff up. It was so cool. So I have to ask yeah. though, does it have does it have uh, break stuff by Limbiscuit like constantly playing? Oh, oh, no. I was <laughs> disappointed. It. That was such a good track. Repeat. Man. Yeah. We have to all remember that from our teen years, mm. or Jose when he was five years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you even know who Limbiscuit is, man? Of all course. Right. All right. All right. Uh, he's a rap super legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, throwing throwing stuff at cute animals is also another plus in that game. That's Break Stuff VR on PSVR 2. So that's enough of the, the strange and the ridiculous. Um, let's move on to our newsreel for the week. Uh, we've got a nice cross-section of topics here for you today, touching in kind of all the different categories, all the big players. Uh, let's start off with AI and local... Local? Large language models. <laughs> local large <laughs> language models. Um, a dear friend of mine highlighted in a tweet last week that there's now a make game button. I mean, we've, we've mused about this up until this point, but now so have Unity with Unity Muse. So Unity Muse is a new piece of Unity. Um, and again, being one of the bigger game engines out there, this is really exciting. Uh, the capability to chat to and help build Things such as character animations, help texture parts of your level, all this kind of stuff. And it's just opening for beta application. If you are a budding developer or you just want to have a go at some of these tools, maybe like Rowdy, you spend a, a third of your life just, you know, watching the trends of AI and LLMs and and really want to, you know, put your, put your trial to the test. Maybe you've never touched code in your life. Uh, now's the time. Get to know Unity. Go build a game. Build a VR game and let us play it. But yeah, that's a pretty snazzy, cool feature. Um, anything else from the world of AI or LLMs that you want to <laughs> spike into the podcast there, Rowdy? Uh, no, I, not particularly, I think. I mean, I think this is cool. Uh, I think it's a useful tool. Um, but I think the idea of, like, not knowing anything for, from code and, like, you know, using this in order to, to build something is still, I think, a little bit further away in the way that you probably want someone who understands like it's useful in order to like when you know what you're building to do something faster but if you have no idea what the code is doing it's just like a recipe for the for disaster downstream <laughs> i think yeah maybe a yeah. recipe for frustration because i think yeah at the moment it's like oh i know how to make a brick i want to make a brick faster like you said like if you're, if you're going to build a wall if, you, if yeah. you've never built a wall before and you don't know the components to it um, yeah. like they, they feature it in their little trailer they're like 
you know, how do I make a game? And it, it talks, it says, here's the four steps to making a game. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's how easy it is. Just, just four steps. Yeah. Um, well, but it's like, coming. And you have Skyrim, you know, that's what <laughs> there's, there's that, what, um, like agent GPT that supposedly you tell it what yeah. you want to make and then it kind of does it, but it doesn't, as someone who has absolutely zero coding experience, I didn't know what to do with the information that it gave me. I'm like, cool, okay, supposedly here's a thing that I could make, but now what? <laughs> you know, you still need some experience. I feel like yeah. abs- Rowdy's absolutely right. Like, I was like, okay, neat. It's like a useful tool. It will make, if, if you know what you're doing, it will make your life easier and you'll be able to do it faster. But if you don't know what you're doing, uh, it's still going to be really complicated, I think, to implement yeah. all these things. That's still coming. That's coming. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, I really loved I mean, you know, growing up various like game makers that you could like, you know, they're very much it's like bumper bowling. Like it's very much on rails. You're limited in the scope of what you can do. But even things like back in the day with original Starcraft, we used to do use map settings, you know, games. We'd, we'd create something and you'd have set pieces that you'd combine and you still felt like, you know, you had some ownership. It creates foundational still skills. It, re- it really does. I'm really glad you said that because most of the people don't realize that most people that make really big games are usually modifications of other engines and other games. You know, we, we talk about, you know, the source, the Steam engine all the time, and that engine has built so many games, including some VR ones that are, that are don't even have any association with Valve now. And, and, and I think it's very, I think we're gonna see AI being an amplification tool rather than a teaching yeah. tool, because it's, it's, it's kind of highlighting how foundational skills are going to be required, <clears throat> which, kind of positions education in a weird way now because it's like oh learn the basics you have to know what you're doing and then ai kind of takes you to the next level you can't get to the ai without having the foundational skill it's very yeah, interesting and, and it's, it's kind of like the the way that like coding in general has been evolving right you know it used yeah. to be very low level you have to basically write <laughs> to a computer to give it instructions but like you know, we, we've gone more and more to like high level, where like high level code then gives instructions to low level code in order to implement things, which are things that are for us are more interpretable. Like ultimately, if you, if you look at Python, which is probably the most popular coding language in the world right now, it's a very high level kind of code. Like it's like for example, if you if you want to do a print statement, you just write right. prints and you know you open and there done. You know, but of course that sends like a command to lower level codes. And it's a lot of the deep learning ones are, are frameworks as well that work on a, on a, on a, on a C++ level, but you don't interact directly with C++. You, you interact with like the framework, you give it instructions and AI will probably, you know, take that even a level higher, but you will still have those foundational concepts of, for example, object oriented programming where you have different classes and you have different functions and those need to like work together but making those functions and making those classes that is probably something that ai is going to be able to do faster and and better that you can say like okay i want a class object of a specific i don't know a store which has an inventory list this and this and that needs to be in there and you know you can specify all that and then ai will build that class for you but then of course you need to implement it into a program you need to implement it into your functions and and that's where you know ai can help but like you still need to kind of know what you're doing with these kind of things in, in order for them to be useful i think i it's interesting because it from a from a game design perspective i feel like we're going to get to the point where almost like the movie Inception and you've got the kind of multi-tiered effect where you're backed off from what's actually happening on, on the lower level. I remember going through that when it was like, okay, how does a computer work, right? And learning about the electronics at the lower level, like how a diode's made up or a memory register and all, you know, how the switching works at that level. And I still, after like four years of boot camp it, for the mind, you know, I still find it difficult to piece together 
what feels like an alive, interoperable computing machine and the lower level electronics that it's supported on. And I feel like we're, we're, we're going that way now with a lot of these creative elements, thanks to, thanks to AI. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. yeah, just another vision of the future. You know, it's just, I just, I love these little tidbits cause it's like, okay, it's coming and you just see it taking its little baby steps. But when someone like unity comes in, that's a big deal. All right. I don't think unreal has something like this just yet, but they've got the sexier platform. Um, well, they're all are... using it. Like, I mean, Great. every I think every large platform is using AI. Uh, maybe they haven't released everything that they're working on, but like, you don't want to be left behind, right? Yeah. Well, we've seen what Adobe, Microsoft, now Unity, yeah. um, Google, Google. Yeah. yeah. I just signed Amazon, up for that. Unreal Engine like is kind of, of focusing a lot more. Like, their AI fronts are a lot in spatial. Um, but, uh, they're they're mm. focusing a lot on like digital. Um, green screen like technologies that like off the fly like they're, they're partnering with black magic uh funny enough like um they actually unreal made an announcement yesterday with black magic they announced like these new server um capture like giant core uh, commercial capture cards that essentially are the same technology that you usually see like in news stations that do have digital spaces and you can move and they integrate with like um htc's mars spatial cameras and they're like less than five thousand dollars. So now you're talking about like move, like new station productions at like less than ten thousand wow. dollars. Yeah. Sorry, five five thousand for okay because the Mars system allows you to do like virtualized backgrounds. Correct. Um, it's quite sexy technology. So that um, allows you so for five thousand bucks. That's incredibly yeah. cheap for that type of setup. It's it's yeah. it's insane, and, and we're gonna start seeing like yeah like avatar yeah. level productions and all of that stuff really is yeah. AI. Like I was actually looking at the technology, and they were showing how usually like hair um, for the top of your head when you behind the green screen, there's little blurs, and these AI systems actually are able to like see these little hairs, and they remove the graininess and. <laughs> It, we're talking like under ten thousand dollars, so it, it, it's really cool stuff at four K and high production uh, value, right? So next podcast, Adam's going to sort us out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all Unreal. So. Unreal is doing a lot of like character development mm -hmm. as well with AI. I think. Yes, like oh. uh, like their their trees and like their environments and the characters, like uh, they're doing a lot of stuff. Which like goes that. to show what we're talking about. Their their uh, school of thought differences, right? Where uh, Unity's kind of like, hey, you know, one button creates everything, and Unreal really. Is setting up the language of saying, "Hey, you still need foundational skills." The, the AI are we're focusing on, you know, narrative scripting and, and all of those tweaks, quality of life stuff. They're not really giving you a button to create a game um, and Unreal. All right. Well, good. Well, so that's that's us, uh, you know, dreaming about the future really and seeing what's kind of on the precipice. Um, last podcast, we spoke a little bit about the future with Apple's new Apple Vision Pro. Well, why not bling up your Vision Pro with a fancy new colorful head strap or facial interface? Um, Third-party companies such as Case of Casetify, Casetify sounds like Casketify. That's a totally different business. Uh, <laughs> Casetify are readying their arsenal for the new headset from Apple, including a um, a neck strap. I don't know why you would need colorful neck straps. The thing's got a strap; it would just sit around your neck. Like it's not you're not gonna hang it off your like some bifocals or something. And then I don't know, it's got this like bumper barrier around the, the glass part. Like I can understand if someone wants to store it in a case or whatever, but these are, these are kind of cool images. I like the, I mean, they got a whole bunch of rainbow colors for the back, uh, the back strap. Um, certainly lightening up the otherwise quite uh, dark um, looking 
the kind of dark look of the that the head strap or the, the the interface at the front. Um, what do you guys think? Are any of these uh, enticing to you, <laughs> Rowdy? Rowdy, Mister Apple <laughs> cultist? <laughs> Is this what you want? I think that look ugly, uh, personally. Um, not a big fan of them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, like, I don't... Did, what are the bumpers for? Is <laughs> it for if you sure. run into sitting a on... wall? Because I would, I would be more scared about the front, right, than the Yeah, I think it's sitting it down, sitting it down so it doesn't scuff. But, like, when I look at that, oh, the okay, giant Ivan me cries, <laughs> cries loudly because... <laughs> Anytime you take a beautiful product, I say this about my own, uh, like one touch, right? And you surround it in a big fat case, right? And it's like the sleek front and back glass is all just a big fucking plastic brick now. And it's the same mm. thing they did to this. They're just, making, they're just making it chunky. They're putting chains on it. Like, what the hell, right? An engineer looks at that and goes, what have you done to my face? Disrespectful, <laughs> honestly. I would be really upset. <laughs> I mean, besides um, the weird bumper and the, like, old-school glasses-looking strap thing, I like the colors. Maybe not so much the, yeah. um, some of the patterns are a little too floral for my taste, but I'm a sucker for, you know, custom color stuff. So I'm like, yeah, if they had more yeah. straps, they had different color options. And and the, uh, almost like the eye gasket, I think, too, has got, like, some kind of color on it or whatever. I'm, I'm all for that. Those parts are fine but i don't know what's going yeah. on those ones worry me the most <laughs> banana mango yeah. yeah i actually i, I but i'm curious about to see if it fits officially like endorsed by apple because the the, the front guard really worries me because right that's where the cameras are and i yeah. worry that maybe just even like a small layer of plastic might throw off their calibration because that even if it's very microscopic it will create yeah. a shadow that we're not you know not optical but enough to mess up with the tracking in some way shape or form mm. uh, yeah and a lot of these companies they don't think about it like i looked at you know uh, jose's wrist as we were starting the show off and it, it reminded me of the fact that when i got an apple watch i was like i'm not paying your stupid prices 60 quid for a piece of plastic i put around my wrist so i bought a third party grass, product yep. and i put my <laughs> apple watch on it and then guess what? Midweek, the thing fell apart on me because it was one of those like little multi-metal band oh, bands, no. you know, yeah. like a gentleman's strap. And I didn't want to pay whatever. They were charging something ridiculous for their one. And so I was like, oh, I'll just grab one off Amazon. And the thing, the problem is there's such a difference. Like Apple knows how to make really nice, like robust products that have been well tested. And yes, they're, they're going to be a nosebleed expensive, but at least you can trust them, right? You can rely on them. And I, I am definitely worried. I see those like flimsy little triangle neck band holders for your $3,500 device. And it's just going to break. It's just going to break and you're going to be heartbroken. So like there are manufacturers out there who make great companions for this kind of stuff, but 90% of them are cheap fucking knockoff brands who just want to jump to the market grab your money and give you a coloredy banana color. I mean, just look at Quest accessories on Amazon and you'll come up with like, oh. you know, 500 different yeah. brands that are all kind of the same, <laughs> but just and different then, logos. And, and exactly. it goes to show, like, uh, they don't realize like, yo, these engineers did the research. Like, do you don't think that they, if they could have made a better strap, they would have released that one instead. It's like, there, there's a reason of the ergonomics so, I, well, I mean, I, I don't 100% agree because yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that all third party products are not up to the standard that Apple can deliver because of course it's like a, like a cost benefit as well. Like, cause I know for example, yep. for the, for the chargers, for the, uh, the, uh, the Apple MacBooks, uh, 
I know Angular, for example, has really great uh, yeah. chargers for that specific purpose, uh, which are, you know, maybe a higher wattage so you can charge your laptop faster. Of course, Apple is, you know, sticking to their products. Um, but if you want something else, there are good third party products out there. I just have no idea if this is one of them. Yeah. 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 I'd like to see somebody so, actually do the 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 mm -hmm. like the, the, the Bobo the Bobo style for Quest Two that has the battery on the back. I would love to see somebody like do honestly, yeah, put it on one unit with the cable, shorter cable, and see what happens. Yeah, th but that's what kind of pissed me off when I saw the design because have you seen? It's not like a modular interface on the thing. It's actually fused. The cable is fused to the battery pack. So they would need to have um, a rated kind of Apple product with a shorter cable somehow compared, you know, compounded into the, the back of the head strap. I agree with you, though. But that said as well, we are starting to hear from dev testers saying that the thing is quite weighty. And we said last time, maybe it's about 500 grams. So <laughs> I'm really curious to have this thing hit the streets next year and, and really hear, you know, firsthand accounts and, and proper reviewers get their hands on one of these just to hear about it. It's the first step. We talked about it last podcast. Go check that out. But but a third party battery on your face? Ah. No, 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 not third party battery. Ah, fine. I think nah, that's scary. It would just be the holder. It would be the holder, right? And it would okay, just, yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's not all we've got for for Apple fans. We've also for the ladies. We've got some vibrators that you can pair with the headset. That's right. Um, actually, they're not vibrators, but they would have haptics in them, so they would rumble. Uh, they're VR controllers for your Vision Pro. So people have started to mock up what these things look like, and my God, I th personally think they're awful. <laughs> they're just, um, they're like, they're like if you took Vive ones and you forced them into Apple styling, you have two large <laughs> glass trackpads and phallic wands to go with they, them. So. They kind of look like Apple, like Android watches. But then with, like, you know, a stick in the bottom. Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> I don't oh, know. Oh, no. Like... <laughs> no. <laughs> It'll be really. You know what? I I just saw them on the on 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 the live feed, but I just imagined like, if you could cast your eyes onto the wands and just have one eye in each one. Just, I think that would be kind of cool. Pan's okay. All right, Pan's I take it back. Look at your kids around right. the corner. Whoever, what are you doing? Whoever's designing yes. this, I want to have the ability to cast my eyes hmm. onto anything that has. Apple integration. I want to put my eyes on like a TV when I'm. It's like. Yes. Um, have you ever seen that movie El Labyrinth del Fauna? Yes. El Pan's yes. Labyrinth. With yes. The monster with the yes. 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 That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to hold them up, like up top of my eyes, or just put like you know remind people I'm always <sighs> watching them. That's actually a really good boss move. Like I'm gonna put that on my employees' like meeting rooms, just a little, little eye just watching them at all times. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> the Aya Soran from Apple. Very good. Well, we thought we were free of tech designers, but nope. No tranquility, no respite. You're going to have to deal with mock-ups for the rest of your lives. Sorry, everybody. If it's not that, it'll be Apple Vision Pro 2 before the, before long of uh, Marcus and other people mocking that stuff up. But finally, uh, in some more rad designs, backing away from AR for the moment, uh, we've got a VR-controlled camera drone that's pivoted by a head-mounted HMD that makes the wearer look like the tick. So, uh, Jose, I've just answered your dreams here. And uh, antenna are protruding from either side. It's a pretty high-slick, high-responsive tech demo here with a little shake given by the wearer. Uh, we do see a bit of drift in the demo video, but otherwise, 
Um, pretty cool tech, to be honest. Looks looks like it would be useful in the art of war or something like that. <laughs> Maybe uh, have your delivery person bring a, a small pizza, some gnocchi, you know, on a plate or something to your house, and then give you a little nod, <laughs> drop it off, and fly back home. Funny enough, Domino's Pizza was doing that. I forgot the name of the festival, but they were actually having like a rocket men delivering pizzas onto the to the concert festival. I forgot what festival what? it was, but they were doing that like just very recently. I want rocket men pizza. Yeah. That sounds good. Just bring some Bluetooth speakers, you know, pump out some um, Elton John. <laughs> Over that, that'd be. Great. I love I great. love anyway. rocket drones, like VR controlled. Uh, drones i i am i'm such a sucker for that especially the people that have really mastered that i don't know if you guys ever looked like drone racing scenes but they do drone racing is incredible it's it's an amazing talent i it's uh something that i i really really hope takes off as a scene um that especially in the united states because i've seen people like trying to make it happen but it's always segmented i always i would love to see like a real national league kind of blow up and and really do that like at a large scale because it's it's incredible feats of like human cognition, but also precisional skills and also aviation skills, all yeah. in a remote presence setting. When you think about it, it's kind of like Jedi. It's the closest thing to like Jedi's when you really think about it, because that's the thing of the yeah. concept of a Jedi was like you were one yeah. with the flying ship, and it's it's. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for for drone racing. No, it's, inc- it's incredible. Like, like you said, I mean, the, the, the kind of millisecond reactions that you need as you're navigating a, quite a complex, like, warehouse maze. Uh, it's, it's incredible what they do. Um, should be an Olympic sport. 100%. Right? And also think about, like, so. the spatial awareness that you get when you're driving a vehicle, how you kind of know the shape of a car. Think about when mm. you're disconnected physically from the device and you know that the drone has a specific shape. So essentially, you eventually start feeling like that's the shape of your body. So you know where your where your propellers are, the shape of you. Yep. It's very interesting stuff. Like the people I talk about that do this like on a professional level, they talk about their drones as if it's, it's an extension of their body. It's really cool stuff. It's like the, the closest conversation you can have with that stuff is people that like professionally drive cars and they speak of their cars as if like it's a part of them. It's, I love seeing that evolution. It's so cool. Maybe one day you'll be able to mirror or load your consciousness in a more direct fashion. I don't know. Let's um, do it. Future's an interesting thing. But, uh, that Soma? Yeah. It's a video game based on that concept is really creepy and sad. I don't know. <laughs> Soma? Is that the one? Mm-hmm. It's oh, a, right. I've... It's a, like sort of a horror game, but you could, people sort of uploaded yeah. their consciousnesses into robots of different kinds, but I don't I like having a meat body. There's some benefits. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, (laughs) touche. That's what a witch would say. (laughs) I don't float, okay? I don't float. (laughs) I trust it. I trust it. Uh, All right, switching things up a bit. Let's talk about uh, Palmer's mullet. His interview with uh, Peter Diamantis and... The direction of Anderol, his uh, military AI company. He had a very nice interview, uh, which showed Palmer's passion for problem solving. He spoke about his three, what Peter calls moonshots, um, his three main missions. First one, of course, what he's best known for is his VR headset. Then on to Anderol, um, which is trying to get America ready for the next solution. And finally, on to Rowdy and my latest passion, which is wildfires. We set them and people keep trying to put them out. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um so fighting wildfires essentially with 
drones and stuff like that. So again, I won't go, uh, you know, and spoil it because I think it's quite a nice story that they told. Uh, but just to share that Palmer's mullet is growing incredibly. <laughs> it's doing very well. He's a human Shia pet. Uh, but I, I like I like how Palmer has kind of evolved out into being, I'm the guy who everyone used to think I was crazy when I was 16. Here are two, and I've got a third on the way, projects that are clear, factual leaders in their areas. He's very well-spoken now, you know. Uh, he wasn't as spoken previously. I've been watching him for, for the last 10 years, and he felt a little bit like an engineer, you know, before. Um, I remember speaking with him at Oculus Connect about crypto. I know, Rowdy, you were there as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, very much kind of over-accentuated on the detail. He's backed away from that a little bit. Very, very, very good at uh, communicating his points. Great interview. Um, so I encourage people to go and check that out. Watch the full thing. That's Peter Diamantis. Um, with that, and talking a little bit about um, Meta, they just launched their Quest Plus plan, which is an $8 a month. I think we teased this last time. $8 <laughs> a month, $60 a year, subscription service for Quest 2, Quest Pro, and Quest 3. Gives you two titles a month, um, and they've talked about two uh, games that are out this month and two that are out next month. So they're starting off with Pistol Whip and Pixel Ripped 1995. I don't know if that was intentional. Pistol Whip and Pixel Ripped nearly sound like the same thing. You can trial it for a dollar, um, which is really just to get you to put your credit card and forget about it. And um, if you stop paying and decide to come out of the program, uh, you lose access to those titles and you reclaim them. Uh, once you start paying again, this doesn't come with a, like a library of titles. It's just you get these uh, two titles kind of on rent while you're paying the subscription, similar to th programs that we've got from uh, Microsoft and Sony. Um, we also know what's coming August. In August, they have Walkabout Mini Golf and Mother Gunship, which is the crazy build a gun game, um, which I like quite a bit. Walkabout's hugely popular. But one thing I wanted to highlight with these choices is that kind of peering through the curtains on this one. Um, it's a subscription service, so that's money straight away for games, right? In your base games. But in addition to that, if you look at Pistol Whip, right? That's had uh, DLC added to it, free DLC added to it along the way. And so there's quite a good big catalog of that. Um, but my suspicion here is this is like your gate key into Walkabout Mini Golf DLC. I don't think yeah, I don't think you're gonna get all the DLC with it. And so really they're like, hey, let's install this game, this base game, so you can get hooked on it. And no doubt they're taking a cut. I forget the cut they take, maybe 30% uh, from the devs once uh, the DLC is purchased on the meta platform. So I'm expecting we're gonna see Beat Saber at some point come into that deal. Uh, I said many years ago that they should have, you know, given away Beat Saber with a headset and they'd make a fortune on the DLC anyway. You know, um, just get people playing that game and get hooked on it. Because we all know the, the draw of that. But there are other games that they could do the same model with. Um, so my thoughts, my, my question to you is, uh, is this something at that price point, eight bucks a month, 60 bucks a year for two titles that meta pick? Um, is that attractive to you? Do you not like it? Um, what are your thoughts, guys? Is it only two titles a year? Two titles oh, a month, titles sorry, a month. If, I if, if I misspoke. Yeah, two, two titles a month that you get access to, and if you withdraw from the subscription service, you'll lose access to those. I mean, I don't not like it, but it's just not for me. Even across other platforms that have tried it before, I don't mm. like not owning my games, mm. even if I don't end up liking them. Because, like, what if I 
later down the line, like if I you know cut the subscription and I want to go back to this one particular game that was in this one month, but now I don't have act. Like, do you do you keep your saves or like at least? But probably not for the quest because it doesn't. I don't know. I I, I personally I, I'm not against this kind of a experiment, but I I like to keep, just keep my games. I want to make sure that I will have them forever or at least until the platform dies. A lot of people, it's very interesting you said that. I, would, I think it really depends on that specific sentiment. Um, I, weirdly enough, I, I, I think it was traumatizing for me, but I, I was definitely a digital collector. Like I would have, you know, everything archived and MP3. And like I think around 2013, 14, like I lost all my data and I never looked back. So I don't like the concept of keeping yeah. games or keeping that kind of stuff. So I think, weirdly enough, I feel like that's also the perspective that a lot of like modern gamers think. They don't really like the concept of keeping a game. They kind of try for a few hours and they finish it and uninstall, go on to the next one. Um, I I think it's a really good value proposition if they reach the levels of PlayStation's uh, Plus or Xbox Live Gold um, Ultimate subscriptions. Because Xbox right now, they don't really give you a few games anymore. They just give you access to like... 400 games and they keep adding on the library yeah, it's a straight-up library yeah. it's it's yeah. it's nuts and every first-party microsoft game that comes out immediately goes free under their store so bethesda games now officially reach their store first so that's i think that's what um they have to release like i really do agree beat saber like a first-party flagship game that you go like okay this is a game that has an actual budget behind it we I, i'd like to see that before i can really say hey this is awesome yeah. and and i suppose viveport is there as yep. well as an alternative if you don't like meta's offering viveport does work across platforms you don't have to and have it's a, a library actually too. The, i forgot to mention that right it is it's it's a library right um and and the question uh i would have here is on um the name I, i'm not a big fan of the name like they they called it quest plus so now you've got your quest pro plus and we're it's just odd mm. to have it that cl- like yeah. it could have been a, it could be hardware quest plus could be hardware and um i feel like their subscription service needed a different name just to differentiate it um but anyway rowdy what are your thoughts on this then uh, i don't like it but it's for different reasons i think yeah. um i think that the i personally think that the quest library is not ready for this kind of plan I don't think that there's enough content, for at least for someone like me, to entice me into paying a monthly subscription for two titles uh, that are picked by Meta. Um, also because I don't feel like like two titles a month, that's 24 titles in a year. Um, I, I wouldn't even know which 24 titles I would want to, you know, play per se, except for like maybe the big ones like, you know, Saints and Sinners, we have, uh, you know, Beat Saber, Pistol Whip, you know, you have like a couple of really big and good titles. But if you're a little bit like, you know, throughout the year looking out for discounts or looking out for like, you know, like promotional codes, and you probably can get those. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying for $60 in a year, because that's, that's the price, I think, is not a problem at all. I just don't really think that there's enough content there for me not to own these kind of games. I would have much preferred that it would have been more expensive uh, and it would have been the entire quest library yeah. i think yeah, that is but a, there's the dev side of it though rowdy that I, that's I know, the thing for me because i've I, I, I completely understand that but that's what i'm saying i don't think that currently that the library is ready for a plan like this because i don't think there's enough value in there uh 
for me to of course you can right. trick people like you know put your credit card down and you, you forget about it but that's not that's not the kind of business that meta i think wants to do uh, i think meta wants to like you know entice people and you know give them value for the money that they that they pay for but i'm currently not entirely convinced that there's enough value in their library mm. uh, for a subscription plan entirely I've, I've seen some people musing and i i would tend to agree i think there's an underlying current here that meta's intentionally launched this at this time to try to help encourage people to pick up their dusty quest off the shelf and maybe turn away from other gaming platforms right and flat and say, hey, come back to VR. Um, they're going to have to curate very well, to your point, right? They're going to have to curate very well to convince people. Um, I think it's not for people who own a lot of games. I think it's really for, if you're like, I, I always like to think of the 16-year-old uh, situation, right? Like if you're 16 and you're like, I can pay eight bucks a month and get two games every month on my VR headset, fucking great. Like you wouldn't think about it twice. You'd do that, um, especially for sixty dollars a year. That's the price. But of you one, can't pick game. them though. That's the problem. I think that's the. You can't pick the games. Uh, like it's meta that is like kind of. And I mean, maybe they'll pick really good games. You know, maybe they pick the best ones. But nothing is preventing to. them from like you know picking a game that nobody else because because the library is not that big of like. No. really solid AAA titles. It's there's not that many on there. But it gives you the guarantee that something's coming. Yeah. I, I, like I feel, I, and this is like um, Alex said in chat. He said I never play the free games I get from PS Plus. Like I do, I but the thing for me I do feel a little guilty about is it's like ooh, <laughs> every month I'm like oh new new free games, great. Add those to my library. Pressure. Get receipts in my email for the zero cost games <laughs> as a reminder that they're free, and then not play them. They're just added but, to my library. You know, but like that's. It's, Again, that's like that's that's from the PlayStation. It's not even the VR library. That is a huge library where they where they choose games from. The Quest just doesn't have that at the yeah. moment. The same with Xbox Game Pass. That's, it's a huge and library. It's also important. Epic Games is another one. It's important one. to mention. Twenty four games isn't a lot though. They've yeah. they've had a huge history though. I mean, like think about it. I mean, we've got three years worth of titles. Easily three fifty to five hundred games to pick from. They'll they'll just what they're going to do. I I expect every month is they'll go with a, a heavy hitter. And something a little bit indie also, every month. That's what I'm yeah. seeing in the current. And it's also important to setup. note that the PlayStation Store, the this, this the the, new, the the subscription model, only came in recently five years ago on Sony on a Microsoft level. The, after you know 15 mm -hmm. years of them being in the market and having such digital stores, I I, I fully agree with with, with with what Rowdy's saying is that there is they're not ready for it. They're just simply not ready and. Also, I like the initiative. Yeah, though. I, I like I like the yeah. idea of it, but I just don't, I just don't see the the real core value because also for me, like I probably own those titles already. Yeah. Like when when they brought those titles out like three years ago uh, or, or two years ago, like I'll probably already have those. I think. What if they I did? To play what if they, they pulled Jose's idea though, and they did, they did Asgard's Wrath two comes out on this platform? They have what to. Have to. Yeah. There's, what if they did no Assassin's Creed when it comes out? Like if they if they adopt it in the same way as the big players do. This then has, you can't ignore level yeah. of value, and then people will just sign and on it, right? Because they're but like, they it doesn't make financial sense. A... That's what I'm saying. Like they should communicate that now. They should say, Agreed. like, you know, when Asgard's Wrath Two comes out, this will be included in yep. the plan. When Assassin's Creed comes out, this will be included. Don't just like expect people to sign up 
And then when it comes out, like people, if, if it's not included, people will be angry because they are kind of, I, I think, I feel like they're kind of expecting these kind of titles to be on there. It goes well, to show. Which if not communicated. Yeah, it goes yeah. to show to the DNA of the leadership, right? Because this is a software company. So this looks like a straight up experiment live, right? They, this is the, we have to remember there's there's never been a, a VR curated store before. So they're trying to figure out what is the proper subscription plan? What is the proper pricing for the games that let's say theoretically like you mentioned uh walkabout like what if there is value in gameplay but the pricing unfortunately just is too much of a barrier of entry and if you lower that entry point and they just they start figuring out the pricing model of certain games you we might be seeing a market being born and I, but i i don't think there's enough data jose when you when you said there has never been a vr curated store yeah. before what did you mean there has never that? been an all-in-one headset the Quest Store is the very first one for all-in-one devices that have really hit, you know, scratched the surface of mainstream. We can say that the Oculus Store was it, but was it really? No. We're talking about mainstream levels with actual financial marketing budgets behind it. There's, a, a, a Adam mentioned it earlier, a, really, a game like VR Workout, right? That's a game that's not even on the store officially, I don't think yet. But this is a game that's building a, a following through the value of content creators and engagement. And the reason they're doing all these things and on, on those cool engagements is because they're trying to figure out what's the proper price model for something like this, right? How does the engagement mm. get monetized? But I, I agree with what you're saying there. So thank you for clarifying it was standalone yeah, yeah. that you meant. Um, I I see what you're saying because they have something to reap, but I think you're right. I think they're not playing this the right yeah. way. And we did get to see a little behind the scenes through a lot of those Boz AMAs about them price testing with the yes. Quest Pro and a few other things that they've been doing. They've been doing these live trials in a few different walks, including software. Um, they really should have come out the gates with this one. Yes. Said for their big heavy hitters that we know about, those are going to come first day for free on this new subscription yeah. because people would buy into it and again, this is what happens, human nature. People will buy into it, set up the subscription or and pay for it annually it. and then We've forget seen about this it. Before. And so the value comes to them over time. And honestly, Meta could use a bit more cash yes. in the door, you know? So like, I'm surprised that they came out weak. You should come out full guns blazing or not at all, not halfway house. Yeah. And this is very limping out into the public eye because these are these four titles, they're all they're all good games. I like them. Yeah. But it's not enough. It, it needs to be a mm -hmm. cannon shot. It needs to be a kaboom that no one can ignore, that 30% of their audience is going to sign up for and get those there's hooks in There's also a lot of money. You know, so that they can lay the red and carpet there's also a lot of money up and, front. And that's, that's a, it's always about the money, right? Um, the, the relationships that you do, right? Is it With, $60? Well, think of, we're talking about the relationship, right? Like, we're to, uh, ex, like for example, PlayStation Plus and the, the games that get to it, hit these markets, they make an agreement to put it on these stores. So usually Microsoft or Sony, and I'm assuming that that's probably what happened with the with uh, Pixel Ripped and and um, and Pistol is they probably got a, a nice check up front for the relationship for the marketing. Doubt um, it. They probably they probably got something. Wait, wait, do you mean do you mean funding to help it's marketing help them promote their it's, game? It's, it's marketing. It's promotion. It's sales. They're going to probably. It's all about doing, you know, 100,000 sales versus 20,000 at full price, right? So they probably get some subsidies and some costs. It's in order for, in, there's also relationships like, hey, if we put you in the store for free, you must not sell yep. this for free in another store. It must be full price in another competitive store. So there's a lot of 
politics behind it in order to get a game for free. Yeah. Also, that's actually. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, Finish your thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've seen this before with Google. Uh, ironically enough, Google had a big problem with their store mm -hmm. early on that people were pretty much grabbing the Google store and using their own version of the Android operating system. And they broke the market because Google wasn't making money off those sales fully. So the, uh, uh, Google officially went like, hey, you want Android for free? Go ahead, but you don't get the store unless you call it a official Android Google product that's gave you access to Gmail, gave you access to the store. And I feel like maybe that's what happening with Meta is that they're figuring out a pricing model for the, for, uh, I forgot the name of the, the platform, but their uh, entry point for developers. I forgot what it's called. Um, Oculus, no, uh, start? Uh, the, no. The, the app, the app lab, app lab. App Oh, the App Store? App Lab. Yeah, App Lab. so okay. maybe that's what they're doing is they're figuring out a way to... That's the reason App Lab existed because they, they felt that the App Lab games were all similar, too much of the same game. And if you heard Apple, talk, uh, sorry, Facebook talking about this and their store, they said, hey, the reason we don't bring so many games into the store is because everybody's kind of doing the same thing. So App Lab becomes a curating platform. So if you want to have the same game, those already have a dollar entry point, similar to an App Store on mobile, is... Yeah. Making the price so low that people have a set expectation. Like, hey, it's a 99-cent game. It's a free game. You're not going to get anything crazy. Yeah. And they're building... They the, this is the part where I have a problem with the model, okay? Um, like, I, I think it serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. it, it has a place. I don't think they've marketed it correctly. I don't think they've entered the game in the right way. The part that I worry about from when Viveport launched is the relationship that Meta has with developers and how they're getting monetized. Is it by minute in my game that people are contacting that I get paid? Is it per, you know, game that you're offering? Like, what does that breakout look like? Is it fair to the devs? Is it going to work? Because if they were able to strike that balancing act correctly, what ends up with is you have the devs who are selling more and for the purposes of them getting money for the next game that they want to fund, um, they're able to say, oh, instead of 200,000 units, I sold a million copies of my game. game. You know, So it, it's a numbers game, and it helps to inflate. They get money as well. But if it's not balanced and they're getting shafted, it will fob them off. They'll, they yeah. won't come back and reinvest in VR. They won't create more it's, VR games. And so, You know what really sucks? And I don't it's, it's a little this. dangerous experiment. It, it, it's going to push Honestly. Android. It's going to push XR development to the same development thought process of mobile development. And that's going to suck. Uh. There's going to people, and that's, it's, it's people that say there's no money in VR development are going to be 100% right because it's going to be probably ad based or sales numbers based, 100,000 sales, 30,000 sales. Yeah, I'm worried about the knock on effects of this, right? So, and, and if anything, but, like, I, I think the plan is too cheap. Like, I, I think that a value proposition of $60 for a year, even right. rent, is, is, too low because that, that makes me question the value that they're going to deliver with this kind of of course i don't again like we don't know what kind of titles are going to be included and i think that's the huge flaw on this kind of thing is that like it's kind of this like surprise kind of thing you're going to get two new games next month but you have no idea you know which games these are going to be if they're going to be heavy hitters if they're going to be smaller indie games and i think there needs to be you don't need maybe need to even say like you know what the uh what the titles are but maybe like a more like a value proposition of like how much would these games be if you would have bought them or like so did you have a little bit more information because i think 60 dollars for even for renting because there are people not complaining about oh you know uh, buying games and you don't own them 
I mean, everyone has a Netflix account. I don't own movies anymore. Yeah, and no. then when she cancel Netflix, you don't, you can't see those movies again. And for the majority yeah. of games that, at least that I, as a casual gamer, play, once I finish the game, I'm not going to start it over and play Skyrim, you know, three, four, five times like <laughs> Zim does. Uh, but <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is, like, a lot of people yeah. play a game. They play it for. They don't even finish. I mean, I'm like eighty percent of the games well, that saying, I play, Randy, I don't finish. So you're you're you're, you're saying that model works, like. right? Yeah, in this modern era. But I think it's, I, I mean, I might be shooting myself in the foot here, but like, I think it's too yeah. cheap. I think it's too cheap for uh, or the right price. Of course, <laughs> it, the... <laughs> I, I would I would be very happy if Meta proved me yeah. wrong and they come out with all the big titles and it's only a sixty dollar value proposition. That'd be that'd be well, amazing. It's a big I'd be, title I'd be if it's them. developed for a mobile <sighs> device. I think that's a, this is the conversation. I, I think this is the the reality check that anybody who loves all in one headsets like the Quest platform need to accept. Yep. This is using a mobile CPU similar to the latest cell phone that you have on the market if your latest cell phone cannot run a skyrim sorry your headset is not going to run your all-in-one headset is not going to run skyrim um this means that the big, the big games that you're talking about <laughs> i'm sorry to break it to you guys they're coming to pc pc vr is going to come back i'm sorry guys gpus are going to make a big resurgence and <laughs> it's going to be cool right it's going to be wireless so people are going to get the best of both worlds but Mobile devices, mobile Man. CPUs are meant to be mobile. They're not, think, yes, they'll be cool games. We're going to see older games come out, but you're not going to see, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 running in an all in one headset. I'm sorry, guys. You just yeah. wait. Oh, you well, yeah, wait. right. You 10 years from no. now, for sure, you know, it's going to be awesome. Humans are sloppy. AI is going to tidy up our code, Matt. <laughs> It'll be running beautifully. We'll Let's get it. Let's go. I'm 180 ready. Hertz. I'm ready. I'm hopeful. In each eye. Yeah. With a little, little wand eyes. <laughs> so that's Quest. I didn't expect us to talk that uh, for, for quite that long. Let's move sides um, onto Sony's real estate. So speaking of big libraries, uh, PSVR 2 now has a library with over 125 titles in the store. And they just launched a new sizzle reel for what they've got. And it's like, it's great to see, right? That they're they're now, what, since February? We're not even six months past. They've got quite a full store. Is two thirds of it kind of like stuff you'd want to ignore? Yeah, probably. But um, it's, got a, it's got a lot there. If you've been holding off, you can get it in retail stores. PSVR 2 is there. I'm just glad that Sony shows the way when it comes to messaging. They continue to put uh, their their years of experience in showing off when they've got something to sell. So just wanted to kind of a, s a slow clap applaud there for, for Sony. Uh, with that said, again, uh, as Jose has predicted with his crystal ball, PC VR is coming to dominate us all. And PS VR 2 to PC we've been wishing for for some time. Well, lo and behold, in the last week, Half-Life Alex is able to run um, there's a gentleman named uh, Jan Schmidt uh, who announced a successful PC hack in conjunction, close collaboration with Ivory, who we talked about a few podcasts ago, uh, mentioned an update for their work on PSVR 2 as well. So there's an Alpha Ivory driver for Steam VR, uh, no doubt based on kind of the original code set, uh, now paired with the god awful Nolo VR six stuff tracking controllers. Um, but it's it's kind of like, hey, it's working. And then you read the fine print and you say, okay, great. So you've got Half-Life Alex working. You've got a USB-C connected 
uh, PSVR 2 connected to a PC running SteamVR with this alpha driver going. So you've got all the kind of basics there. How are you tracking the headset? Well, how they track the headset is done with a PSVR 1. Uh, there is no picture of this, but <laughs> and the developer um, communicated this in their own tweet um, that they are doing the tracking with PSVR 1 on top of PSVR 2. And they're joking away and saying, doesn't add these two together, you got PSVR 3. Um, this must look great. I really want Ivory to release a photo of these two headsets duct taped together on his head. We've seen shots like that before. It would just be funny. But I think what we're seeing is there are some still pretty gaping wide chasms to cross. Um, don't get too hopeful. It's fun that they've got this working. It's fun that they've got Steam VR in there. They've kind of duct taped it all together. It's at least at least the start for hope at the end of the tunnel. A light that maybe is going to be there that we get this gorgeous OLED display hooked up to a PC one day. I still hope they they're manage well. it, but looks like they're working through some pretty tough walls. Um, yeah, and I'm glad I got rid of my PSVR one. I'm not going to duct tape <laughs> it to my head <laughs> before anyone Man, else says that. Should and go how many? Way. I never realized how many people have Nolo trackers. Like, why? Who? Why would you even own that? Like, I I, I owned one and I have it like I have it like in holy water, like encapsulated. <laughs> I don't ever want to connect that thing near a device ever again. It's nuts. Uh, I. Yeah, those are yes. awful. Um, <laughs> they're really bad. Uh, but hey, it, it's a kind of a functional solution that they've got, at least. Um, one other thing on the PSVR 2 side I wanted to talk about, because as someone who plays, has enjoyed things like Resident Evil, GT7, right? These like heavy hitting titles on PSVR 2. One thing that still irks me and all the PSVR 2 fanboys and girls out there uh, who are coming from indexes and stuff like that, like Adam probably sees it. Uh, reprojection, right? Reprojection in the headset. Um, that kind of, you get that lovely ghosting effect where you're like, okay, this reminds me of when they first came out with LCD panels and things would drag across the screen and it was not fun. Well, the Hubris dev, whether that's a, a leak or not, had said this, quote, I think the PSVR 2 will get better every update from now on. A good example will be future improvements to their reprojection system, that's Sony's, which they are working on right now. So if they're tuning their reprojection and how this will end up turning in the headset, we've seen, you know, major software updates to previous headsets and platforms. I really hope they find a way for uh, PSVR 2's reprojection to be tackled, at least in some games, you know, especially high, high motion games, FPS games, that type of thing. That'd be pretty... Uh, Pretty cool if they'd be able to fix that. Maybe sprinkle in a little bit of witchcraft, <laughs> make that work. So that's joke. reprojection. <laughs> that is <laughs> bringing this back again. <laughs> Got, gotta, gotta, gotta. If, hey, if not, we could just give it the float test. So <laughs> uh, I'll have to do that with an Apple Vision Pro. Bloop. Oh, it sank. Oh, <laughs> Which after all. Uh, with that, let's move into AR. Right. So. I wanted to show you a uh, Nintendo Switch, an integration um, between, again, it's a duct tape solution, but it's three or four things kind of working together. The emulation layer here uh, being shown is Melon DS. Uh, so this is a Nintendo DS emulator. Uh, 3D models are extracted using a ripper tool, and then it's being rendered with iOS Reality Kit. And so the combination of this looks pretty funky. Um, you've got a, a, a kind of a standoff switch augmented reality edition of 
Mario Kart. So for our audio listeners, what we're seeing is kind of a projected level. Um, we've also got Pokemon that's also displayed in the in the in the tweet. And so it's showing this kind of halfway house to a 3D environment that's pulled the all you know all the geometry from the game code out in front of you in real life. So you must have a quite a bit of tech, you know, you've got obviously some something that you're seeing with um, either a second phone or a headset to look at a, um, a foundation QR code for positioning on the Switch. Uh, and then the Switch is actually running the game and it's being emulated and pulled out through iOS. So crazy uh, sandwich of tech there, but it is a kind of a cool concept. And I don't know if you guys, it was before your time with the podcast, um, there was a, a guy in like, I don't know, Berkeley or Harvard or somewhere reached out to me when I was deep knee deep in Skyrim and said, hey, I've got this thing. I use an old school connect and I pull the geometry data out of the game and you could step behind your Skyrim character in VR and like look around them kind of thing and look around and you could see where they were looking almost like there was like a cone of uh, a cone of vision and then like uh, uh what do you call that um, in RTS games? The fog of war, kind of like fog of war in the in the bat in the rear 120 degrees. But that's kind of what you see here. It's like this idea that you could fill in the gaps. And now that we've got all this AI stuff coming on with like generative fill, maybe we're going to get to the point where a game like an old school Pokemon or a Mario Kart just comes into our VR or AR headset and we've got the full thing completed as you would imagine it, because AI is taking all of its available information and saying, hey, I can fix that problem. No problem. Here you go. And cinema, too. Um, I love that stuff. Like, sadly, sadly, yeah. as Bradley posted one, I think it was like a Netflix um, film in a spatial uh, space, and the AI, and I think it was watching anime, and they were using AI to, like, make the, the, the scenes in 3D, so that actually were straight up, the scenes were, like, physically coming out of the oh. screen it's if, if you i'm pretty sure if you pull up brad uh Sally's bradley's twitter it's one of the latest ones but it's nuts you can see like the the it, it almost looks like a jelly ball but it's actually a screen that's like warping into 3d it's a, it's a very weirdly enough very captivating like i can see myself watching a movie in that in yeah. that form factor, I I, I love that I love I, AI. I liked I liked when um when 3D yeah. came out with the stereo glasses at the cinema. You know, I really enjoyed that. But there were also films that did the the 3D conversion poorly. And so what you're what you're saying to me is a little bit like AI taking a leap further in yeah. that direction. Yeah. You know, like like let AI do that work. Don't manually do it, and maybe it'll be more convincing in the end, um, and with less work to do. So yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Thanks for showing it. All right. Rowdy's popping out and we're going to turn him into a static image <laughs> in just a minute. He's got to run off to a meeting. All right. With that. So um, that takes us now into golf um, in AR. So we've got Liquid City who posted a few experiments uh, over the last week. Uh, and these seem to be escalating. One of them included an augmented reality golf game. Uh, in a real office, complete with a hole that was down a flight of stairs. And so the players are knocking a kind of an inflated golf ball down this uh, this back staircase and, um, you know, just playing a game of golf on their staircase, but in AR. So it's pretty neat because it understands the the, the the situation around it. It knows that there's geometry there. 
Um, so, you know, playing games like Walkabout Mini Golf, not just in a fantasy land, but actually off would be pretty cool. And I think that's a kind of a nifty, uh, nifty idea. I'm going to keep, you know, drip feeding you guys AR projects as we see them, because one day uh, they're going to take over. So next I wanted to show you something truly awful. Um, so if you're at all squeamish, please, please look away. Um, if you're on the audio version, this won't have to worry. You might hear shrieks from the guests, however, uh, which is that have you ever wanted to look at a broken leg in VR? Mm. Like in, look inside the thigh? I'm good. No, I, never? Well, Adam's face is <laughs> It's right. Uh, I mean, it's interesting at what you're the same seeing? time. So what do you see there? It, you see the inside of a leg. I want to replay this here. It, it's like you can see the muscle tissue and the bone, no. but you can see through the bone as well. And it looks like, I don't know how they're controlling. I think it's based on the direction of movement, but you can, it like, you can raise or lower the leg to be able to see m more inside the bone and the severity of the break. And actually, part, yeah, part of the leg bone doesn't look like a normal leg bone supposed to look. Like, it's not one piece. I'll just leave it there. Well, yeah. it, it looks a little shattered. <laughs> the way I would describe it, it's like if bone was turned gelatinous. Uh, a human femur that has been somewhat uh, broken into pieces like a candy cane. That's supposed right? to look and like so that. If you... Great. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I never knew. Like, I've seen, you know, simple and complex fractures. But I've never seen something looking quite as nasty as this image. And so was this... I just wanted to bring that to all of you. Do you know if this is an actual... Is this like a simulated... AR uh, or VR thing, or is this like an actual scan of someone that's that what I'm thinking. had this happen? Like, I don't know. It looks like a scan to me. It looks like a scan. Um, <laughs> and I can imagine that's how it would look. But Jesus, yeah, it's uh, I've always thought of breaks as like, you know, like you break a bread, like you break a breadstick, you know, a nice and clean, <laughs> simple break. You can stick them back together and then hopefully the marrow will. Cause the thing to kind of glue itself back together. But this thing looks like powder. Like I mean, that person's femur Dude, is gone. The designers is who toast. had to create that. I hope they enjoyed it. Like <laughs> I hope this is their thing. And they had like fun every step of the way designing this. But yeah, no. Yeah. So we've had Apple adult toys. We've had uh, gelatinous femurs. Um, but the real horror is oh. next. This is not the worst that you've seen this will be what's worse than a broken leg what's worse than a broken fucked up leg in vr i'll tell you what how about ads in your ar experiences floating around and i present you uh, rewards for interaction from niantic yes niantic the company impetus for <laughs> pokemon fame on mobile have recently cited that 80 percent bullshit uh 80 of their trial players said that ar ads are a good thing um, they're going to be showcasing this at Con, uh, the Cannes Festival, uh, the International Festival of Creativity. And I'll tell you a little bit about this. So these are rewarded AR ads, which they've been dabbling with in their various apps. They are designed to increase brand impact through immersive product storytelling, assist with the purchasing decision through AR visualizations, show you a chicken sandwich. Oh, I can see it uh, in front of me. <laughs> Sounds like something out of Macbeth. Uh, and encourage conversion and sales by driving traffic uh, in store. This makes me nervous, guys. It really does. This is the step where we've gone into, I want to control your yeah. behavior. I want Jose and Adam to take your wallet and purse or whatever, and I want you to walk to the store 
and I want you to buy my thing. And guess what? If you do that, I'm going to give you bonus game points. Go to the store, go to a Starbucks and buy a latte by three o'clock or else you don't get the points. <laughs> Run across traffic, whatever you got to do. I feel like this could only work in very, very specific use cases. Like if I'm thinking Pokemon Go, like, okay, instead of a, because on, on Pokestops, you see a flat image mm. of the McDonald's or whatever thing. So if it was AR and had a little coupon on it, fine, whatever. But if you're yeah. just, you, you need to have the permissions yeah. somehow. You can't just be like turning on people's cameras and like, <laughs> I don't know how this, I, I don't know how this could work yeah. in a, in like a normal situation that's not specific to like Niantic games, how they, you know, have location based stuff. That's I don't know. the scary yeah. part. I think the real scary part is that they're right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the scary part is that AI that is the scary part, in, yeah. because ads in our vicinity always exist, right? Every single product that you buy has yep. a brand name on it. That's marketing. So we are, our eyes are already filled with ads everywhere we go. They're just understanding the psycholo the psychology behind it, which is, yeah, as you said, Adam, pair it with things that are enticing. You know, um, my, my, I, and I wish I could pretend to not be a part of this uh, little story I'm sharing, but I was, I was, I was curious. I am a big fan of Mr. Beast and Mr. Beast released a chocolate brand that he keeps pushing down your neck um, in every single video. He, oh, you mean Feastables? Feastables, yes. Feastables? Yes. Is it Feastables? It is Feastables. Uh, sponsored yes. by Feastables. Everything, yep. And so on the back of the chocolate bars, they have a QR code that has exclu an exclusive video. Every single batch is an exclusive video that he doesn't release on his main channel. And, and, and we're talking about Mr. Beast videos tend to be very fun. So you have a feastable, you're going to yeah. scan that QR code. Yeah. So that is an ad that you kind of almost get tricked into. Pokemon does it all the time. Like there's a huge card scene with the mm. Pokemon cards. People make videos with millions of views, like opening up cards on YouTube. And it's... Sure. Yeah. But the thing is about this for me, right? This is, it's not the fact that they're going to put, like a few years ago, Meta tried to put ads in games and they got told, go home, Mark, right? Um, I agree with you. This is inevitable. This is the next step. It's also somewhat natural for us to have ads around us or whatever. Fine. And it drives the content that we buy and love and all that kind of stuff. Fine. The thing for me where it starts to get a little bit worrisome is that we're going into the realm of interactivity. Uh, like I said, they're going to send you, they can send you on a real life quest to go do Pokemon. something <laughs> as you're wearing your AR glasses. <laughs> as I said, like Pokemon walk, Go had New York Walmart. City like on the streets. Like, I, I was in New York when Pokemon Go came out and oh, people were wearing branded oh, jackets. Like, I'm, you know, I grew up in, in the quote unquote the hood. So if you had a, an opposing team repping, it was on site. <laughs> so it, 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 they had us doing that for a very long time. Nintendo had. Doing that. I know. It's, I know. It I know. sucks. I know. I know. It was great. And actually, honestly, it felt the world felt very alive at that moment for us gamers and who who loved. I loved Pokemon Go. It got me to buy a new phone. Actually, I bought into Apple at that it went point. Um, yeah. Oh, it was great. It was it was really really good for about I don't know five or six weeks, maybe a little bit longer <laughs> than that. Um, that summer was quite uh, phenomenal. And then of course the summer after, whatever they're like, no lockdown, get inside. Um, so it's. Um, I don't know. It's I don't know. Uh, it's coming, right? This kind of thing is coming. Uh, rewarded AR ads. This is kind of an interesting concept. Um, be interesting how it shakes out. 
Thanks for sharing the kind of Mr. Beast piece there, that play with that. Uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of neat. And with that, um, <laughs> thinking about what team was I on? I'm trying to think. Team Mystic. Same I here. was Mystic. Mystic. Where were you? Hell yeah. Hey. Hey, <laughs> Team Mystic. Uh-oh. Adam was, wasn't Mystic. I forget what the red one is. Valor. I don't know what the red... Valor. Okay. Because the hair. Yeah. I can't, you know. It... <laughs> that dude was dope. Yeah. I got to go red. <laughs> Come on. Oh, you go red, of course, of course. All right, let's move into a proper fight, a fight for the eons. Um, this is going to be Elon versus Mark. So um, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, cage fight, right? And so we're going to talk about this a little bit. So Zuckerberg had responded to Elon via an Instagram story featuring a screenshot of Musk's original challenge um, to potentially cage fight. And Zuck said... Uh, Send me location. So it does seem that the CEOs of Tesla and Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp could go toe-to-toe. Um, but where? How much are tickets going to cost? Are we going to be able to view it ringside in VR? Like, these are the questions that we need to know. So they, they, They're talking about, I think I saw an article earlier, they, they said that they agreed on the Greek Colosseum, apparently. <laughs> they, they're actually going to do it in a Colosseum. So, Oh. So well, yeah. So 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 we've got. So the first thing that we saw in the social sphere was out in Sin City. UFC has the octagon in in Las Vegas, which is like the quintessential cage match site. You know, you've got the seats around, you've got the ring. It just all looks really good. Um, it's kind of what it is. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Adam, have you done ringside work before? Did you do something uh, around a, a I did. stage like this? I was a ring Years card ago? girl, so I, oh, I would shit. come out with the the cards Hell saying yeah. those different round numbers. <laughs> I've I've done some weird shit, man. That's but awesome. that was, yeah. What was it? Boxing or what MMA. was it? MMA. Yeah. Oh, dude, MMA. Heck, mm-hmm. so you saw some proper fights then? There was a yeah. Wow. You bleed from the face a lot. I mean, not I didn't, but other I got to see a lot <laughs> of blood. It's, front row. it's competitive holding those signs. Getting, you know, got to be awesome. number one holding those cards. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's really cool. You know, it that's was, such a cool job. It was interesting. So yeah, it was nice to be able to go into. It wasn't for like UFC or any big, uh, you know big company foundation, whatever you want to call them. But it was yeah. nice to get like pretty much front row seats. And then, you know, you go on to your thing, you show the, show the round and then you sit back down That's awesome. and it's nice. That's so cool. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You get your front row, right? So mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see any teeth, did you? In your time. I hope not. I don't try to look that hard. That maybe. No but... teeth flying out. <laughs> yeah. It's a souvenir, um... right? You put that in your pocket, take it home with you. <laughs> Where's oh, my tooth? All you gotta do is get the tooth of the dentist. No, it's the winner's tooth. Two, three tooth. hours. Me, I, awesome. and then you sell it on eBay later for like I don't know how much a tooth goes for <laughs> extra <laughs> profit. So that was the first one. That was uh, the octagon. The other uh, place that people were saying, as what um, Jose was saying there, I saw it in uh, one of the Toronto uh, articles. They were saying um, um, Rome's Colosseum. Yeah. Uh, they were reaching out to say that maybe this would be a potential v- venue. That's quite a far flight for both U.S.-based CEOs to take, um, go out there and fight like gladiators in the Coliseum. Um, I, I personally, I think that as a venue would be yeah. pretty poor. Like the acoustics wouldn't be great. There's not much technology laying in that vent. Like uh, it'd be tough but to watch optics, it, right? Though. Like but uh, the optics in a will be incredible. Way. Like that would be an image. Are they gonna... That would be like I, I'm trying to think of like what's the like most famous picture of our generation. And I don't think we have one yet. I think this will be one of just like 
like let's be honest like I, I i regardless of opinions like mark zuckerberg is going to f elon up in a way that it's like if elon really takes up that challenge i really feel bad for elon like may or maybe elon has something that we don't know like maybe he does have a metal exoskeleton that we're about to be oh no 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 he's got it he's got it yeah. i'm getting to that he's got a secret weapon i'm gonna oh, tell man. you about Here the secret go. weapon okay so again just like weighing these guys up right we've got musk who is 51 years old maybe 52 now zuckerberg who's 39 He's only a year older than me. I look at Zuckerberg and I go, oh, I could have done something. No, I, I've done something definitely better with my life. Zuckerberg's just <laughs> <laughs> destroying the world. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's, he's, he's kind of an admirable dude. But Musk is six foot mm. one. Uh, Mark is only five seven. Okay, so uh, he's... Uh, but that's not that... That's a pretty uh, big difference. I mean, yeah, but... This is like Batman versus skilled, Superman. A skilled short person could still do a lot of, you know, damage to a... Taller person, taller than it's them. possible. You know what it evokes in my mind, though? It does evoke in my mind a certain scene from Game of Thrones featuring the mountain and another combatant, right? <laughs> so Musk definitely has the kind of weight on him and the size and the scale. Mark, as Jose alluded to, has Yo. been training jujitsu for a while now. We've seen these roll arounds and stuff like that. And I do wonder, even toe to toe with these two big CEOs, which would generate more noise, you know, Twitter or Facebook? Like, what? what would oh, get it's gonna it's gonna coverage? be Twitter for sure until the beatdown begins. Because then, as <laughs> be as a Twitter subscriber, I don't think I feel comfortable paying eight dollars a month for the CEO getting his butt whooped on a global <laughs> level. I'm gonna have to move over to the Meta social platform, whatever comes out after that. Because mm. it's just come on, man. Like, you, you don't sign up to lose like that. You, you, <laughs> he's talking about Twitter yeah. Blue. For those who are thinking we're talking Quest Plus, <laughs> no, no. no, this is Twitter. I will this sign is Twitter up. Blue, I will sign up for the to same. Quest Blue. If if Mark does the beatdown that I expect, he's about to deliver to Elon. I will subscribe to, to uh -huh. Quest Blue. It's like you have to, man. You're gonna, you got, you say, right. hey, and Mark will be able to back that up and say, hey, I did this on Supernatural. This is how I trained and. Everybody starts buying headsets off the shelves. Did the sun supernatural? Good ad. All oh, right. Man. I agree. It would be, I think it would be great for the two companies. All right. Uh, Adam, roll the clip for me of Celebrity Deathmatch. This is an ancient, <sighs> ancient, yeah. like, stop claymation yes. uh, feature that used to be on MTV. That stands for music television. I can't believe I have to explain <laughs> what that is. Um, it was where, like, all, all the best shows were back when I was a teenager, and Celebrity Deathmatch was awesome. Yeah. It was, like, these fabricated matches between, you know, you'd have Einstein versus Gandhi or whatever it was, and people would go to fight, right? And this is what I think of when I hear about Mark and Elon, you know, going toe-to-toe -to -toe in the ring, uh, except for they're going to do it in real life. And, man, I mean, I, I can't believe that the lawyers would probably yeah. let him do it but i hope it happens well, so and elon's Jose, mom doesn't want him to do it right elon's mom is very yeah, hard against that. this oh she's gonna break <laughs> the never fight gets say, you, you know how it the, is the batman versus superman like the latest one where like batman's like in a mech suit fighting Movie? superman it's gonna be similar to that like that's how their fight like i don't oh, want to yeah, i don't want to spoil the movie but that's how their fight ends where like one of them, like, I think, I don't know if it's Batman or Superman, but, like, one of them is about to punch the other, and the guy goes, like, Martha. He goes, like, that's my mom's name. Wait a minute, that's my mom's name. And they both, like, get along at the end, so I think that's what's going to happen. It's like, well, 
do their moms have the same name? No, I, guess that's also I don't think it's going to be their moms. <laughs> I mean, Zuck and I don't think Elon. it's going to be the moms. I think it's something that like Marcus, like I see like Elon being put on the floor and Marcus about to punch him and Elon is going to say something like, all I wanted to do was to conquer the world. And Marco's like, I want to conquer the world too. <laughs> no, no. And that's how they both shake hands. And... <laughs> they make a I've new got company. a better out. <laughs> I've got another one here. Okay, so <laughs> now we need to show. I there is there is there is a, a melting point between these two gentlemen, and I didn't mm-hmm. know this before today. Lex Friedman, right? Podcaster, user guy. He's wrestled with yep. both of these gentlemen. In fact, we've got video of both. Okay, so those were posted on Twitter. So uh, if you want to see what these chefs are cooking in terms of their style. Uh, we've got that uh, for you. So we said Mark has trained in jujitsu. He's like Neo from the Matrix, really. Kind of small guy, skinny, but he can bend the place. Elon, however, Elon has some moves. He's got a secret weapon. And the secret weapon no, he calls the walrus. The walrus. <laughs> the walrus. So what he does is he just lays down on his opponent and that's it. It just takes all the takes the fight out of him <laughs> the, with uh, his massive gif. walrus weight. First gif in the comments for when he said that it just makes me so happy. It's just on point. <laughs> that's good. But yeah, we should make some predictions here. Obviously, we couldn't keep Jose canned. He he's on the he's on the he's on the 100%. mark side. So uh, who do you think is going to win this fight when it happens, Adam? What do you think? I think it's going to be Mark. I mean, he he just he's younger. He's got more skill. I mean, and as someone I used to work at an MMA gym, uh, I, I did mostly the weight training, but I took a couple of the classes when I could. I could easily throw my husband, who's like, you know, significantly taller than me. I hmm. I I think this will be very sad for Elon. And I kind of, I do. I, I'm like, Jose, I feel kind of bad for him. I'm ready. I mean, I think he oh. might, he's going to do the walrus, but I think it's just going to, it's not going to be on Mark. It's just going to be on the floor. He's going to do the Mario 64 you know, like, on I him, just grab the whale and just spin him around. <laughs> wow, that's a good image, Jose. That's a great image. What do they? Th- I love that, the Bowser bit. Did right? they say you what kind of like style fight this might be? Mm. Or like, is it going to be jiu-jitsu? No holds barred. Cage any? fight. Okay. That's what they said. No holds barred. Cage fight. So um, uh. one thing I didn't say yet was uh, there has been some rumors around that Meta might be bringing back what used to be called Oculus Connect, an in-person San Jose um, convention. And so if that was to come to fruition, I would love it if they would. Hey, it's not far from where Elon stays oh. in Texas or Mark in California. If I can just rock up and do it and do it with like VR so people could watch well, from home it. and really get well, into the fight. It. During the yeah. keynote. Wouldn't it be awesome to see that live? <laughs> On stage during the, the keynote. keynote. Make the keynote. <laughs> Deliver the keynote while yes. you're fighting the company who's going toe to toe with you in socials, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, I thought, you know, maybe maybe this is me coming out of Pride Month, but I thought the most shocking but not impossible outcome would be that Elon, Mark, and Lex all just come out as gay. I thought that would be, that would just be a great finale. You know, they're all there just wrangling, tangling, old Roman Greco style, you know. If we're going with Jose's theory, maybe that's going to be the thing, that they're like, I'm gay, me too. And then then they stand up and then they shake hands. That would be beautiful. Stuff happens behind the scenes, I don't know. The image that cured (laughs) the world, just Elon and Mark just like, Giving a passionate kiss, like those like ni- like nineteen twenties navy pictures that you see, <laughs> oh historical God. pictures. It's good. Oh man, 
I'm with it. Gonna go potentially not safe for work for violence and then not safe for work for other reasons. It's beautiful. (laughs) God. Mark and Elon start their OnlyFans. Great. Okay. So with that, that's a nice little segue. Oh, God. Now that we've uh, simmed that in that simulator and we've got that cooking in your brains, uh, Jose's going to point you to a few more uh, in our releases section now coming up as we switch over to the things that are coming and the things that you should be purchasing oh, with your wallet. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There you go. Oh. oh, I do agree with both of you, by the way. I do think absolutely that um, Mark's going to dominate Elon. Yeah. <laughs> there's, oh, man. there's no hope. The guy's not the guy's not trained half as well. Maybe if he waits six months, he'll have a chance. But or he's using Neuralink. I'm telling you, maybe maybe where he's about to, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> he they called him Neil for There's a reason. Internal, yeah, stuff. Uh, biometric, not biometrics, but like biomechanical things he's got implanted in himself that gives him a wow. advantage, like An advantage. tech that he's been working on. That like uh, these muscles are sponsored by else, Neuralink. He'll test it on himself. Yeah. Now I'm, now we're talking. I. Actually, I, I hate, I, I was up just go straight into releases, but that's actually got announced for next year. Um, there is the, the, the world's first, uh, they're calling it Enhanced Human Olympics are happening next year, which are athletes who are what? using uh, enhancement drugs to outperform <laughs> humans and they're competing amongst each other. Steroids. Holy sh- oh, no, that's just, this is real oh my thing. God, that's, that's such a dangerous oh, precedent. They, yeah. Really? It's like, I, that's why people oh like F1 God. racing, right? Because you see people like bringing cars well, to their mall. I, I think humans are there too. It's like, hey, if you want to like be the world's best, this go for it, man. Like the the the, the promo for the for the for the I'll, I'll post out the tw- uh, the Twitter, but the they, the guy's the world's fastest person, but he can't reveal his name because he's using physical enhancement drugs. He's doping or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the first, yeah, be that's like really a- that's. This is going to be like the rally version of racing. You know, like you watch normal racing because you want to see cars go fast, but you watch rallies because you want to see people like go at their best. I'm sure we're going to see like just general like heart failure and stuff like that. Like things are going to pop and blow out of these. People are going to make bets on that. They're going to be like, okay, which athlete do you think is going to have the heart attack first? Yeah, but think about. (laughs) But but how long Black Mirror? Think about our superhero. I understand that's going to be a lot of failed, unfortunate mishaps on this process but think about when we get like our best i don't know athlete and then we compete that athlete versus some other nation's best athlete and then we have yeah dude i am i'm so thirsty for this kind of content you have no idea like but the problem is it leads us from this right and then it gets a little bit dramatic and there's the drug enhancements and all that leads us directly to battle royale like live human (laughs) battle royale um I would definitely watch that, but I'm just saying that that's where we're going. You know, <laughs> like that's some, that's some dangerous stuff. Anyway, back to releases. Okay. All right. Anyway, releases. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you guys a short list on releases and there's a really good reason for that. So coming up within the next two, two and a half weeks, we have Synapse uh, releases on July 4th for $34.99. It is a PSVR 2 exclusive. That's from the people that brought you uh Fract, uh, Phantom, uh, I think it's Phantom Coven, Covert, Covert Ops, Covert Ops, and Far Cry VR. Oh, the kayak one? Yes, and Far Cry. Yeah, like the, the, yeah. the kayak. <laughs> Far Cry VR. I was. What's up? I still want to try that. That one seemed interesting. I don't know, just shooting people on a yeah. kayak. That's like, yeah, Covert Ops. Oh, it's really good. 
It's really, yes. really good. It, honestly, the uh, the the thing is, if you've if you've enjoyed any time in Kayak VR, yeah. right, the Kayak VR game, which is tranquil, but you're like, I'd like to bring a sniper <laughs> with me. Then you in that same voice. You know. I'd like to bring a sniper with me. Some days I choose violence. You know, that's <laughs> exactly yeah. More often than not, there I feel. Go. All right, so cool. so End Dreams is next big one. I'm looking forward yes. to trying Synapse. I and congrats to them. To, I think uh, End Dreams officially the biggest VR development studio, I believe, and they were they were definitely very proud of that. So good for them. Yeah. So Synapse releases July fourth, thirty four ninety nine. That's about twenty eight pounds. It is a PSVR two exclusive. Mm-hmm. I also have listed here because everybody loves free, right? But Forever VR Cornhole um, has gone free to play. For for VR for or, or VR, what, cornhole. Hole? The cornhole. <laughs> no, to be to be honest, I, mm-hmm. I played that game. I played cornhole Same. when I was growing up because we had boards or whatever. I never knew the name until I was like, yeah, thirty seven, thirty eight. I never knew, I and I heard it. And I was like, that's not really what it's called. It was just is like it? that sounds really hacky naughty. Sack in the hole. I forget. I mean, there was another name that we called it, but it was not cornhole. I mean, I don't know. That was yeah. cornhole. Cornholes. Is that like more of a East, East Coast. Coast thing? It sounds Maybe like. Then. Hicks in Ohio or something like cornhole. Definitely, I'm from upstate exactly New York, right so that's exactly state. where where I heard cornhole from. And also perfect timing, right? So if you're in the U.S., you know you're gonna you know show some July Fourth celebrations. So you know play oh, some yeah. cornhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have these ones are a little bit off, but unfortunately there's. Wait, 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 wait a second. What? Why did they call it cornhole? Did you actually chuck corn through a hole? At some Makes point? sense. Upstate. Is that what upstate. Because I know it is a yeah. beanbag game, but like, is it? Maybe it originated as corn. Chuck- I never did actually corn. corn. That makes sense. I mean, <laughs> and why don't we have horseshoes? Why don't we have? This has turned into a very American <laughs> podcast now. Why, why don't we have horseshoes? I don't know. We That's a good question. Because now, now I'm thinking about it. That makes sense. Because upstate New York had all that they had was corn. So yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. What Eden. do we do with it? We like eat it? Un- yeah, corn? Just like just corn just everywhere. Up. Literally, like everything's made of corn. <laughs> That's what the reason I left that area. It's never again. <laughs> All the corn. Uh, it's just corn everywhere. It was the corn. It wasn't no, the ghetto. It was the corn. It was the corn, corn. The corn. Away, yeah. Um, but yeah. um, after that, yeah. So for for VR cornhole free to play, um, celebrate some Americana uh, this July fourth with that. And then next up, uh, this one releases a little bit up front, but there is a very heavy next podcast. There's going to be so many releases. I felt like I will probably not mention these, so I'm going to mention them now. Sure. Battle Bowls um, releases July 13th. It's going to be on Meta and Steam. There's no price yet. Um, the reason I, 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 I signal this one out is it's a Dungeon Defender game in VR. It's co-op. Um, it reminds me a lot of Dungeon Defenders. Um, they're little... Balloon, uh, you're like little balloon-based monsters, and it's a lot like uh, there's a, another bowl game that kind of had similar. Um, and I'm forgetting the Valve one. Ah, what's it? What did you say? Or qu- the one that was in Valve, right? When you first like you go through the uh, tutorial. Yeah, archery. Yeah, the, in the lab. One. What's it called? I forget. Yeah, the lab. Yes, the lab is the game, and then the I, I don't remember if it had a, a name for the okay. sub game that you told us mm-hmm. the other podcasts that were launching as separate Correct. executables. But yeah, this looks so. This is a multiplayer yes. game. I'm trying to figure out how the game works, though. Is it you're defending each, your you're defending your castle? With, correct. With and archery. you have four corners of the castle, and each archer has a different superpower. So they gamified it based on the powers of of each archer, and so that creates the ability to kind of 
create specific attacks and combos. So, you know, left corner with right corner and opposing corners attack specific monsters and creating combos through that. So it's a definitely, it, it, it reminded me of multiplayer Dungeon Defenders, which is like a mobile game that I was heavily addicted to way more um, than I want to admit right now, but mm -hmm. it, it seemed fun. I yes. love tower defense games. Have you ever played, mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask both of you, because this is homework you gotta do if you've not. Kitty Apocalypse. That sounds familiar. Kitty Apocalypse? Mm, no, I haven't. It's from 2016 or 2017. Base, right? But no, oh. No. Sounds like a it's mobile a game. full okay. VR. It, it's like a 15-hour campaign. It's it's really, really good. It's the best tower defense I've ever played in VR. So if you're really in for some good fun, Kitty Apocalypse. Does it have it's to great. do with cats? Super cute. <laughs> yeah, little little alien space cats that Aww. are invading and you have to kill <laughs> was them gonna all. be little kids and just shoot them <laughs> off. I was like, whoa, that's not the game of the advertise. <laughs> kids, I'm with it. Okay. Um, and up next, I have The Break-In, um, another game that's coming a little bit far off, but it's just so many releases that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. July 17th, Steam, uh, PC VR. Um, it is a co-op stealing simulator. The, the trailer is bananas. You see this guy. It, it reminds me of um, Tom Clancy's, I think it's called Insurg it's Insurgency, the one that you shoot people and defending the, the house. Kind of similar mechanics, but you're not defending. You're actually going inside to rob the house. So everybody has to be stealthy. They You see in the trailer, like a guy zip lining to the second floor, grabs a few watches and heirlooms, but accidentally triggers uh, an alarm and it's like a toy, but then the guy starts running and jumps off the house and then you just see the other player running with like a couch and throws it into the truck and they drive off. It's, I need yes, it is the best. Honestly, it really right? looks good. It's like, it's like Thief had a baby with Left 4 Dead. Like you're playing with, I yes. guess it's multiplayer. No, Those it's, it's, bots, it's multiplayer. It's 100% multiplayer. And, I, and the cool awesome. part, it, it, you said it, um, I was thinking of a game called Moving Out, where it's like a physics-based yeah. multiplayer. I love that game. Yes. Oh. So chaotic. I love it. I hated that game yes. for its physics. Well, this but, one. Um, yes, mm -hmm. I like I like couch co-op. This games, one definitely but... looks like it has physics because you can just kind of see the character. Like I don't know if he's like stealing like a chair or a table, but you can kind of see the wobble physics of him holding the table over his head. So you can definitely tell that this is going to probably require like feats of two or three people like grabbing giant things to steal it stealthily the content creators are going to love it that's the reason i mentioned it and special uh f reality podcast episode oh, or not podcast like a game episode that'll be awesome just stealing we stuff, absolutely stealing should things. yeah we absolutely should <laughs> yeah um all right so <laughs> why not the reason i brought and those are the three games that i have for releases i'm oh, sorry four synapse releases july 4th um for vr cornhole that's gone free to play Battle Bowls releases July 13th, and The Break-In releases July 17th. Um, and real quick, the Steam Summer Sales going off. Uh, Zim, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. it before I run down the list. Uh, I mean, just it's 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 a lot of very yes. good deals on Steam VR games. Um, there's a bunch of regulars that I would recommend people go towards. Things like, you know, Skyrim, Assetto Corsa... <laughs> Dirt Rally, just the things that I kind of love and have put so many hours into it. You know, when you get that stuff for a couple bucks, you know, awesome. hard to say. Yeah, no. so I hard made a quick no. list for you guys. I'm going to kind of like spit fire for you guys. Um, I'm not going to go straight into detail. These are probably well-known VR games that make me happy. So this is my list. Uh, so here we go. 
The Demio bomb, the uh, Demio, everybody knows Demio. The bundle is 40% off, $23.99. That's about 18 pounds. And this is all in the Steam VR store. Walkabout Mini Golf VR is 50% off. That's about $7.49. That's roughly about six pounds. The Vertigo franchise bundle, that means all the Vertigo games, that's about $34.70, uh, 27 pounds. Um, that pretty much includes the soundtracks, Vertigo 2, and the remastered version of Vertigo. Um, yeah, pretty Please, good yeah. deal. Um, next up, I have Ghost of Tabor. Their starter pack bundle is 20% off. That's about $28.12, 22 pounds. The Zenith MMO is 30% off, $20.99. It's about 16 pounds. Microsoft Flight Simulator. The 40th anniversary. Yeah, this I is saw a big this. one. 35% off. That's about $38.99. That's 30 pounds. If you want to get your fly on, definitely recommend. That one. So oh, tempted yeah. on that because it's like, you know, and now's the right time because they've done their VR optimizations and all that. But I just looked at it and I was like, I don't know the time for this. I got to wait another year, oh, wait until so it drops good. to like eight bucks or something. It's so worth the price, though, especially if you want to like see the best of VR. Oh, it uh, it's every single game here is PC VR. I'm bullish on PC VR, so I'm sure there's other ways to play these games. But I really feel like these games really show off what you can do with PC VR. Um, up next, Ragnarok is 60% off. That's $9.99. Great game. Yes. Uh, about eight pounds. Ten bucks? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Just ten uh, bucks. Yep. Wow. Arcelo Corza, um, it's 80% off. That's about $3.99. Uh, three pounds. It's uh, it's a really good sale. <laughs> I'm just spit fire here. Uh, yeah. Half Life Alex, 60% off. $23.99. That's about 18 pounds. Yep. Wow. Nice. And my personal favorite, this one, if I force you guys to buy one, everybody listening, buy this one. Tetris Effect Connected, 50% off, $19.99, 14 pounds. If you like Tetris, play it in VR. It is a magnificent experience. It is actually a, if you're really, you know, a lot of people like to brag about inputs. The game plays better on VR than on 2D because the inputs are much faster and low latency. It's really cool to kind of see that in action, so definitely recommend that one. Um, After the Fall, $14.99. That's 50% off. Uh, it's about 11 pounds. Everybody knows After the Fall. Five Nights at Freddy's, Help Wanted. If you want, if you're into getting yourself scared, <laughs> it's $14.99. That's 75% off. That's about 11 pounds. If you need, if if you you need, need help, help. Yeah. If you <laughs> help, help. to get scared, $14.99 is the price. And that's all the games I have for you guys. Yeah. It's a big yeah, sale, we man. Got some, that's the problem. This sale, um, there was a lot. Oh, was, Crash said Subnautica for eight quid. Uh, so that's about ten dollars. Um, yeah, the, the the trouble is uh, when there's a big sale like this, and it's hot, like it's yeah. summertime. People are like, nah, I don't want to get in my headset right now. But like squirrels, you gotta gather winter. nuts yes. for the winter. Exactly. Right? You gotta Stock gather up. your nuts for the winter. You gotta empty that wallet and buy some VR games, <laughs> and that way you'll you'll make it through Christmas, right? When uh, when we don't get what we want for Christmas. And Daniel too, like, right? <laughs> There's a lot of these games that you can, for the oh, cost beautiful. or almost the price of what the full game, you can actually get another copy for like. Demio is actually only near 50% off, right? So if you can buy, you can actually, with the price originally Crazy. one, you can buy two copies, so you can play with a friend, right? Um, same goes with a, a few of these games that are multiplayer. Definitely recommend them, so. 
Yeah. Some oh. of them have like flat screen I... versions now. Like Ragnarok now's got a flat screen version. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Demio, of course. So if you don't want to play it in VR, just play it on the sad version. Sad version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like te- Tetris is like that as well. Yes. Although I do, I would say that Tetris is one of those games. Unlike a lot of VR stuff, even on a day where I'm like I'm flattened from work or something, I come home. Tetris is yes. like wow, I can just chill out with that for like half an hour an hour and you just I like do. zone yeah. out it's like next to i know i talked about sound self but tetris is the next best thing it's like you just get into the rhythm of the music and the way it kind of uh, ebbs and flows it's the first the first song of tetris I, I tell people all the time is just play the first the first song in the in the journey it, it, oh. it immediately tells you what the game is all about it is beautiful beautiful and and i am biased i do i know one of the part uh the particle physics uh artists but it, it, it kind of makes me love it even more because I know the people that kind of care about this kind of stuff and definitely the best version of Tetris uh, that exists by far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Well, that was a good run. Thanks for covering uh, that in releases. Appreciate it. People getting their value out, saving money up. Um, so now that we're done with that, this is it, chat. If you want to say anything to us, uh, let us know while I wind up the uh, show times. So then we can let you get back to your lives. So as a fortnightly cast, this podcast runs every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show starts live at 10 a.m. Pacific. And if we're alive by the end, that's great. Also, 1 p.m. Eastern for people who live in places like me or 6 p.m. in the UK. If you're over there under the Queen's thumb. Oh, actually, not any longer. Oops. <laughs> uh, we've... <laughs> That wasn't scripted. That was a mistake. Um, we we have audio as well, and that's out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify uh, to feather dust your eardrums on those long journeys. Thumbs up on the podcast if you enjoyed it, and if not, well, Adam's going to take on yet another responsibility. Surprise! You get to run our complaints department. Oh. Uh, but be warned. She bites. <laughs> um. <laughs> I do. This is true. Well, Adam, thank you very much for uh, running the show today. Appreciate it. It seems to have sailed smoothly. Uh, if you'd like to fuck it up, just wait just for the last two minutes, and then we can uh, do it then. Okay. But that's the that's uh, that's the end of this week's uh, this week's show. Then thanks everyone for uh, for joining us, guys. Anything left to get off your chest before we wrap? Beanbag toss is what we called it, not cornhole. I couldn't beanbag think of toss. the name, but it was beanbag toss. Thank you, chat. I haven't been able to pay much attention in chat because I've been just kind of like. <laughs> looking at different monitors and panicking slightly, but I just wanted to throw out a thanks for that because I forgot the name and it bothered me for a little while. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's, that's what we knew stuff. it as in Ohio too. It is. Chat, always got your back. All right, until next time, everyone. That's been another F-Reality Podcast. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye.